everyone, welcome to Player vs. Plot, the podcast where we take video game stories seriously. I'm Lindsay, and with me, as always... Chris. <laughs> yep, and... <laughs> and Sterling, as well. <laughs> and I'm Sterling. No, I'm sorry for listeners, I'm not Sterling, that's confusing. Who are you? Chris. Oh, good. This is Chris. That's consistent, at least. And I'm still Sterling. Can I change who I am? Yes, you can, because <laughs> this week we're doing Persona 5. Yeah, like the JRPG, the big hit, right? Yeah, the Japanese rocket-propelled grenade. That's, I. you know what? I always knew that's what RPG must stand for. <laughs> yes, and not Japanese role-playing the game. J, the J stands for jet. Jet, rocket-propelled grenade. Yeah. That'd be a very different game. As it stands, it is... I think that still describes this game. <laughs> we'll find out. It so, is a role-playing game, right? It's developed by Atlas. Yep. Uh, yeah. And it is the... It's got a five in there, but it's the sixth installment mm-hmm. in the Persona series? Because one of them was a two-parter. Yeah. Okay. Was it okay. Persona 4? Two. Golden? Persona 2. Oh. It was two games. What was the Golden game, then? Those are just remakes. They don't count. Oh, okay. If they don't count, then... <laughs> they're bad. just... They're, like, remastered. So each game stands alone, right? Except for Persona 2's two games. Okay, yeah. okay. Because... So, Sterling, Persona 5 was your first Persona game? Well, yes, but I have experienced Persona 3 through Chris's retellings many a time. Okay. Yeah, I can't shut up about them. You've played all of them, Chris? No, I never played one uh, or two. Okay, mm-hmm. either of the twos? No. So, you're, you're current on three through five? Yeah. Okay, perfect, perfect. So, and each of them have a similar theme? Yeah, tarot cards. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Tarot cards. They're, they're like high like, school RPGs, all of them. Yes. And they got a little occult in them. Yes. It's, it's by day, it's a high school RPG. And then also there's a magical world where you have uh, like spirit Pokemon and you fight so, wait, things. So high yeah. school RPG is a genre where you live your like day-to-day life? Yeah. Now, I don't As know if I, I call it a genre, but oh, it's, it's definitely genre. something they all have. Yes. You know what I would describe it? They're all like, in terms of tone, they're all kind of like an episode of Are You Afraid of the Dark? Oh, yeah. hundred hour long episode. It's mundane, and then it's scary, and then it's mundane, and then it's scary, but not scary, like spooky. But like scary about things that like kids talk about, Mm -hmm. you know, like urban legends and stuff. And one of them, literally, you make the plot advance, or not the plot, but like you make things happen by spreading urban legends, and then they become real. Which one is that? I think it's two. That's cool. Like one of them, you can say like, oh yeah, the airsoft shop lady is actually a secret agent. And then she's really a secret agent. That's she sells amazing. you real guns. I wish I could do that in my real life. So like your superpower is to always be right? I think what it's saying is like, in the world of teenagers, rumors are so powerful, they might as well be real. It's deep. So For there sure. are similar but different themes in Persona yeah. 5, which we'll get into towards the end. Real quick. It, it was in development for a while. It was slated for, what was it? It was announced in 2013. Yeah. And they're like, good news, it'll be out in 2014. But it wasn't. No. It came out in spring of 2017. The, the for big, the U.S. Yeah. For the U.S., that's right. true. That's true. The big thing that happened is that Persona 4 came out right at the end of, like, the standard definition era of games. And then 
HD development started and a lot of companies had to double their budgets. So like around 2007 or so, um, because remember Persona 3 was like one of the last, Persona 3 and 4 were some of the last PlayStation 2 games. Yeah. So that was a time where a lot of companies just stopped making as many games, period, because they couldn't afford to... They so weren't spending double the money. Did they skip the entire PlayStation 3 generation? Except for Persona 5 also coming out on PlayStation 3. Oh, yes. did it really? Yeah. Oh, okay. Maybe only in Japan? I don't know. I don't know. It I is know, a PlayStation exclusive, not to continue tooting the, the Sony horn. <laughs> what Atlas did in the meantime is they, like, practiced making HD games. So they made... Catherine. I love Catherine. Yeah, great game. And we Hopefully will do that. We'll do that. Yeah. yeah. Um, Catherine is essentially Atlas figuring out how to make HD games. The art in Persona is really cool. Like, if you yeah. are listening to this and you've never seen anything about it, go on YouTube and find the Persona 5 trailer, right. yeah. the announced trailer. Yeah, you'll get the vibe from it. Is, sure. And the music in it. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's literally my current playlist in my car is yeah. the yeah. Persona soundtrack. There well, to that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the rainy day one, right? The study music. Mm-hmm. So good. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yes. I should be using that He one. studies to that, and I'm like, I will study to that as well. Because and, in my game, yeah. he was an all-star student. And guys, if you listen to the other music that this guy makes, uh, Shoji Meguro, mm-hmm. his music is always different. Wow, he's, that's impressive. It changes a lot. Like I think he's been working on this series since like the Super Nintendo do you think, before we dive into it, Kristen, you've played a lot of these games, mm-hmm. is there anything we should know prior to about, like, the background of the series, the, you know, the guy who creates these games, anything mm-hmm. like that? Okay, so in America, the series is called Shin Megami Tensei Persona, or oh. that's what they started doing from Persona 3. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. And in reality, Persona in Japan is not actually... It doesn't carry that series title in it, but it is a spin-off. Sh- Shin Megami... Shin Megami Tensei. Yeah, Shin Megami, Megami means goddess. I think Shin is god as true. well. Shin is, like, true. And in the Super Nintendo days, they used to put Shin at the beginning of titles because it's supposed to... It's kind of like Super in English. Oh, okay. They would just throw Super on. So what does that mean? So, Why do they put that before Persona in the title? Um, Shin... In Japanese, can mean like something is like the new version of something, or okay. it can mean like the true oh. version of something. Um, and it, yeah, it's like and, in the Chinese yeah. as well. And in the Super Nintendo days, a lot of times they were rebooting games on the Super Nintendo. So if you remember um, Super Castlevania 4, that's actually a remake of Castlevania 1. There was that trend of games just being like, well, it's the game you played as a kid, but it's way oh, better okay. now. You know? So they use that title to establish a link throughout the series yeah. and a link to other It, it games. almost implies like a reboot sometimes. Okay, too, but that's better. cool. So in this case, uh, Megami Tensei is a really old, I think 80s RPG Based on a really trashy like a horror... tabletop RPG. No, 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 like a, a video, video game. game from okay, the 80s, okay. Uh, based on a novel called um, Digital Devil Story, and in that story, it's about this kid. He's in high school. I don't know if the apocalypse is happening or what, but demons <laughs> start coming out of a computer, 
That and sounds like kid, the apocalypse. Yeah. He gets no, like it a, just sounds like a normal forum for me. <laughs> <laughs> right. So the kid, it's remember, this is like Usenet or something, I guess, at the time. Sure. So like if you were involved with computers, you were obviously cyberpunk, right? Just having yes. a computer meant you were hella cyberpunk. I assume so. So the kid cut got, off gloves. Yeah. yeah, that was all part the of the jean jacket. Yes. Yeah, that's like my current get up when I go on the computer. <laughs> yeah, I my, boss, the computer. my boss hates it at work. Yeah. <laughs> it's like writing leathers, but for your computer. <laughs> um, so anyway, the kid gets a demon summoning program. And he okay. uses that to communicate with the demons. And then I don't know the rest of the story, but at some point, I'm pretty sure the female character ends up revealing herself to be, or being revealed to be, the reincarnation of some goddess. Okay. Oh, wow. And that's where Megami so Tensei comes for from. a Japanese role-playing game. Hey, it's the 80s. It's it might have been the first time. I don't know. This could be. So then they made Shin Megami Tensei, and then that got real popular, and they made a whole bunch of games. Okay. One of them was Shin Megami Tensei If, which was like, what if it was all about high school? Um, and like, you know, all the bad stuff was happening in high school. And there were no monsters. To Persona. Yeah. Oh, okay. I was going to say it's There's just monsters. high school, no monsters. Oh, <laughs> no, no, okay. no. Okay. It's all the stuff is happening in high school. Okay. So very popular. What led to Persona? Persona actually had like its own identity. It was called uh, Megami Ibonroku or something. Persona. There was like a, like a tenuous link to the main series. Okay. And Persona was all about kids in high school struggling with identity. The Personas were introduced as this kind of mechanic for how finding your true self literally gave you magic powers. Yeah, Pers- Personas are like, they're like a Pokemon, right? Yeah. It's a character and you, the characters in the game, can summon yes. these specific icons right. so to it, do magic things cool things exactly and in the the main megami tensei series your pokemon so to speak were the demons you met which were actually the mythological figures like you know vishnu could be your pokemon or something and he hangs out with you and you summon him and he fights with you but you're also fighting i think a great pitch for a video game is what if you could have vishnu and like beelzebub what if you could pet things (laughs) or pet them I think that's where the series needs to go. This is like, what if we took Nintendo Dogs yeah, and made it Nintendo Dogs? But now it's Beelzebub, and he's like, mm, rub my belly, <laughs> <laughs> and flies come out. That makes it way creepier. Um, so anyway, Persona cool. takes that mechanic of taking demons, fighting with them, putting them together to make a new one, and it turns that into essentially, like, if you're really nerdy, a stand from JoJo. Those are basically Personas. Like, this is where... Where I inspiration JoJo. came from. Um, if you haven't seen JoJo, it's about stands, which are personas. Okay, so perfect. you know that's now how def- definitions. Now work. I'm there. I'm still gonna say read Berserk first. <laughs> anyway, so save that for our Dark Souls. Episode. Persona is all about turning finding your true self into literal magic powers, and about teenagers exploring urban legends, um, exploring things that they hear about, like horror stuff. And the kids go and actually, like, investigate. Cool. And almost every Persona before 5 has been about that pretty explicitly. In 5, I guess you could call the website the urban legend idea. Yeah. There is, there is website. a website. So from the perspective, before we begin to the plot, from the perspective of a normal person in the world of this game we're talking about today, Persona 5, you might hear about a website. Hey, I heard if you go on this website and you type in the full name of a person you don't like, these mad, these like mysterious superheroes who are also teenagers will go and 
change their heart mm-hmm. and they will recant all their evil deeds. Yeah, you'll be all better. Yeah, just a little bit of a change of pace. So maybe we can talk about what is this game specifically about? Yeah, let's let's get into it. So I I, I don't know if I spent the most hours in this game of the three of us, but mm-hmm. I definitely spent the longest span of time playing it. Yeah, because I took several hiatuses. This is an era of your life. This is. This is like an entire... This game is an entire year of my life. Almost like what happens in the game. Yeah. yeah. So that's why yeah. I did it. I am really committed to the authenticity of my video game experiences. Yeah, I was You only, only played, played one, one day. day. Yeah, yeah, per day. It's like, oh, the game came out in like March. Well, I can't start... Until April, April. Yeah, there's food. a time mechanic in the game where each that. day yeah. is a real day, which I'm sure we'll get into more later when we mm-hmm. talk about mechanics. But the game does take place over a span of uh, six months. Nine to a nine little, months. A little less than, than a school year. Yeah. Okay, yeah. Yeah, so you start the game, and you are a fabulous-looking dude with, like, the swish black hair. The and, hottest so far. Well, no, yes. <laughs> everyone, like in the game, everyone refers to him as Joker, but you get to name him. Mm-hmm. I named him Darian Shields, of course, mm-hmm. like Tuxedo Mask in Sailor Moon, because he wears like a cool suit with his little mask in the game, right? Well, That's like I-, I named him Sterling. Can we be real? <laughs> Would you have named him anything else? No, I okay. Any no. JRPG I play, I name my if I if I have to play a male protagonist, they're either going to be named Darian Shields or Mamoru, which is. His Japanese shields. name. Japanese yes. Shields. Yes. <laughs> so you play as Darian slash Joker. And the game kind of opens with this prologue where you are in your hometown. You see this like pit bull looking dude messing with a woman and you step in. Like mm-hmm. like pit bull, like the, oh, the music artist, not okay. the dog. I was like, cool. He's like, you know, he's tall and he's bald and he's got his glasses. He's like, yo, Mr. Worldwide about to sexually assault you. <laughs> yeah, God. that's it. So you are a good guy. You're like, I'm going to step in. I'm going to save this woman. Hey, bro, stop. And you're not the hero. Mm-hmm. Like, they both are kind of like, well, like, what are you doing? Stop. And she's like, no, no. Like, I don't know. And it turns out that this guy is very important and powerful. And he gets you charged with assault. Mm-hmm. For pushing him. Yes. Yes. So that's kind of the setup. You are sent from your hometown to Shuji Tokyo. Academy. Yeah, Shuji yeah. Academy. Shujin. Sujin Academy. Which I think means prisoner or master. I gotta check. Shujin definitely means master. That would make sense. Uh-huh. So you're you're living there now in a cafe with the cafe owner whose name is Soji. Soji bro? Soji bro. I, I always called him Soji bro because he's a bro. He's fabulous. Not at the beginning. Right? Well, that's true. He's an older Everyone man. doesn't like you at the beginning. Yeah, there's definitely this stigma because you have been accused of a crime and you are a prisoner. Yes. And that is realized your first night of sleep in your new place because you have a dream that you are in a literal prison. Mm-hmm. So they call this the Velvet Room and you are in a prison there. You're in like your black and white striped garb and in the Velvet Room you meet... Igor mm. and uh, Christine and Justine. I'm sorry, maybe it's not Christine. It's I didn't Caroline even... and Justine. Caroline and Justine. Okay, so it's Igor who seems to be in charge of this prison situation, and then these two girls who are your guards, right? Your wardens, mm-hmm. I guess. Okay, and Igor, he looks like an Igor. 
you look at him and you're like, oh, yeah, I would name him Igor. Big like, hook nose. He kind used of... to be an Igor figure, too, I believe. Oh, yeah, with like yeah. a humpback. He totally No, no, is. like he was like an assistant to somebody else. I oh, think, I originally. see. Yeah. Okay. He also has like the grandpa from Rugrats hair. Yes, yes. So he tells you that you are going to be rehabilitated. Your job is to like go into this metaverse that exists and you're going to prove that you can rehabilitate yourself. It's a little vague. What is a metaverse in this? Okay. So you don't know it yet, but the metaverse is this physical representation that you can interact with of the public's subconscious. So it's things that drive them has created this like parallel universe that exists overlapping with our universe, which you kind of figure out the next day when you go to school and there's a super weird app on your phone and you're like, I don't know what this app is. I don't know how it got here. You run into a guy named Ryuji. I think it's, you you first run into An. I don't even care about An. And Kamoshida. And you're just sitting there in the rain and An is looking like huddling up underneath an eave and uh, Kamoshida pulls over and rolls down his car window. And now, Ana's is your age. Yeah. Blonde American bombshell. Kamashita's like middle-aged man. He's a, a previous Olympian in volleyball. Yes. There's uh, an age difference. So he rolls down his window. Rolls down his window and beckons her forth and she gets in his car. And you're like... Oh, right. Yeah. He's you're like, like, well, that's weird. Take a ride. And, uh, and then he's like, oh, are you also going to the school? Hop on in. And you're like, no. <laughs> Anyways, sorry. No, no. So yeah, so then you run into Ryuji, who is clearly kind of a rebel. He's got the whole, he dyed his, he's Japanese, but has dyed his hair blonde. That's definitely Japanese code for rebel. Yes. yes. Am I, right? Yeah. Okay. No, okay, no not cool. being sarcastic. No, no, I wasn't sure. I was like, man, I, I thought I'd watch yeah. enough anime. Uniforms open with like a rebellious t-shirt. Yes, yeah, like a yellow t-shirt underneath. So, you, but, you know. Walks with a hunch, kind of hands in the pockets, like Yu Yu Hakusho, kind of. That's another code for Rebel. (laughs) (laughs) Wearing a green suit instead of a normal suit. So, do you even go to this school? (laughs) (laughs) So you and Ryuji start heading to school together, but you kind of like take a turn into the metaverse, right? Which is Mm -hmm. almost Twilight Zone-y, it's like real world but there's there's a literal castle where your school is supposed to be right ryuji was talking while you had your phone Mm -hmm. trying to delete the app up and he's like what is kamoshida king of this castle like blah blah blah, and starts saying all these words and it triggers something with your app Mm -hmm. so you're in a castle Mm -hmm. and it turns out that kamoshida is in there and like boxers and a fabulous cloak and a crown boxers with little heart i think so i think it was just like He's like a, tidy, you know what he's, he's like a, oh, okay. like a kind of like what you imagine like a man child in like a basement to be like it's almost a diaper kind of situation kind of yeah yeah, yeah. But, to be like mom but please, I mean he's got you know, some more pecs and abs yeah like, well he's, he's an Olympian yeah yeah he's an yes. athlete so he's in his like king and it's like he's the king of this castle it's his man cave. Yes. In a sense, right? Yes. Everything kind of serves his desires in this castle. He is not stoked that you're there. So he takes you into his prison within his castle, another prison. And you guys are like chained and you're prisoners. And he's like, Ryuji, stop talking back to me. I'm going to put you to death. And Ryuji is on the brink of being put to death. And something awakens inside of you. Well, you're like, I'm just going to let it happen. And you're like, no. And all of a sudden you have like this 
eruption of like colors and flames around you and you're in a cool new slick tuxedo mask style outfit with a mask on yes well the coolest part here is you get trigger this transformation mm-hmm. by literally ripping off your skin in the oh, shape of your, your mask yeah, yeah. Because you got this little masquerade mask situation. Mm-hmm. So you, you grab your skin and rip it off. And you see just like the exposed like muscle and tissue. And then you become empowered. And this giant persona, uh, Arsene? Arsene Lupin. Yep. Okay. He is this giant spirit. And you summon him. And he helps you. And you and Ryuji escape. You get out of there. Yeah. And on your way out, you run into Morgana in a prison cell. Yeah. You do. You do. You... You meet Morgana, who is a little little kitty cat, little kitty cat with yeah, a bandana. dressed like a burglar. And much to my surprise, Morgana was a, a boy. Oh yeah. Which took me the whole game to figure out. Yeah. Because he has kind of like a a little like a like a little boy voice, I guess. So which I interpreted as a girl, and like he's wearing a really fetching bandana. So I was like, oh, Morgana, it's a, it's a girl, but Morgana is a boy. Little swashbuckling hero. And Morgana is different because he believes he is a human who has somehow been trapped in this form, right? Yes. Right. Which isn't the case, but we'll get there. I hope we do because I'm still not sure yeah. what was happening. With yeah, it was a little ambiguous. Oh, great. Then I'll yes, go into that. Okay, okay. That. So Morgana informs you that you're in a palace and that palaces are a manifestation of someone's distorted desires. So yes. you are in the volleyball coaches slash Kamoshida, right? Kamoshida. You yeah. are in his palace. It's it's he's king of his castle. He seems to believe that he has a right to abuse boys on his volleyball team. Mm-hmm. And it's implied that there's maybe some inappropriate sexual behavior with some teenage yes. girls, which we find out is how Ahn feels. Yep. Which, her name is Anne, but they call her Ahn in the game. That's a little bit confusing. Uh, yeah. That's how you'd say it in Japanese, I imagine. <laughs> I guess. It's also how you say Anne in Japanese. <laughs> As I have no idea. <laughs> Wait, you say Anne in Japanese by saying Anne? You say Anne and An the same way in Japanese. They're yeah. the same vowel. Right. So I don't. So when I read that Japanese, I'm like, okay, I guess it's Anne. I don't know. I don't know. Well, that's not important. <laughs> we'll call her, I'm going to call her Anne, I think. And just for the sake of argument, I will call her Anne. Are we going to do that every episode? We're going to find one name that we both want to say differently? I'm going to call her... Takamaki. No, what was her... <laughs> Peanut um... butter. Panther. Panther? Panther. Yeah. Yeah, so, okay, and on Anne eventually joins your party as well, because she kind of finds out that this palace is a, it exists, and it's a distortion of this guy's desires, who yes. has been bothering her. And to be clear, this in this world, which is kind of a common thing in Persona games, you are kind of like in a metaphorical version of reality, where your belief in something and your perception of something changes how it actually works. Yes. Which is why the Phantom Thieves, like the characters you play as, um, you have guns. Like Morgana tells you, like, bring something that looks like a gun, and if it looks real enough, it will act like a gun in this world. Yes, so you get, like, airsoft guns and fake guns, and when you go in there with them, they're real. And everyone has the, the awakening that you had, where you tear off your face and you become the Joker and you summon mm-hmm. your persona. Everyone who joins your party, and your party is called the Phantom Thieves, mm-hmm. or Masquerade, which is what I named mine, and it was it was a pun. Because it was R-A-I-D. Yeah, so Sterling helped a little. I 
came up with the name. I call mine the Phantoms because I think that was already in the box. Nice. That's the one. Well, yeah, they're called the Phantom Thieves. You're like a party. You go in. You learn that in order to change someone's heart, you can go into their palace and there is a treasure. Again, like a symbolic or metaphorical thing that embodies the heart of this distortion and this distorted belief. It's something that is very intrinsic to why they see themselves in that distorted way. Yes. So I think for Kamoshida, it is a trophy. Sure. It's his uh, Olympic medal. Yeah, he's a Oh, his Olympic medal. The reason he sees himself as a king is because he thinks he's like a big fish in a small pond in this school, and he deserves to have all of these children be his... Slaves or playthings. Lovers. He's a pedophile. Yeah. More or less. Yeah. Um, And so that is all linked to his sense of accomplishment um, of being a Olympic volleyball coach. Not coach, just volleyball player. Player? Yeah. Oh, okay. He coaches volleyball at the high school, but he got his medal being on the volleyball team. And he intersects with your friend, your new friend, uh, Yuji, because he also becomes coach of the track team. No, he interfered with Ryuji and essentially broke his leg and ended his track career. So he's a bad guy. So you guys know that you want to steal his treasure and change his heart, right? Yes. And you do. And you take your party in there. Each person has their, like, new identity. So like we said, Anne is called Panther. She's definitely just wearing Catwoman's costume, but red. From Batman Returns. A little bit, yeah. Mm -hmm. It's missing the stitches, but it's definitely Mm -hmm. that vibe. And then, like, she summons Carmen from uh, the the opera, Mm -hmm. and everyone kind of has that. Somehow you can see a relationship. And we'll dive into what everyone uses. Some kind of symbol of their rebellion. Yes, very, very symbolic. So we get kind of rolling with that pattern in the game. You meet someone who is like you... They have some sort of conflict with an authority figure. Right. That authority figure has corruption. You team up, find their palace, steal their treasure, change their heart. And generally, there's a time limit on all of these. So Kamoshida gave you a time Mm -hmm. limit in this one saying, I'm going to expel you and Ryuji from school because you guys figured something out about me. And I'll bring it up at the next board meeting or school meeting. They get... I think honestly they get a little bit contrived in this one yeah this is yes so for context this this like calendar system or whatever has been around since persona 3 i believe yes and in persona 3 um they tell you at the beginning of the game every month some kind of attack is going to happen and our job is to stop it so you know on the 31st of the month you have to be ready for a mission and then in persona 4 i think it was linked to the seasons or something like when it got rainy um, that was the the killer's mo is that they would always kill in a rainy like week or okay. something, and then in this one they needed to keep the time limit yes. for pressure, but there was no overarching like organic theme to the killing. So or they shoehorned it, it into each individual story. Yes, every story you know they're gonna come up with some reason to impose a time limit on. And time guess. management is a big aspect because yes. the plot is split between your days in the real world where you have to do things. To better yourself or strengthen your relationships because things in the real world Mm -hmm. have an impact on what happens. Right. Because your perception of the world and how the world perceives you directly amplifies your own powers in the metaverse because it's a physical representation of people's subconscious. So when people see you as a strong, smooth-talking something or another, 
that's how you get stronger in yes. those, yeah and in, you gain different your ability there's a lot of ways you can look at it like your ability to understand that kind of way of thinking lets you connect with the personas that also think that way so you will find you can recruit personas from the enemies that you fight and so let's say you fight a persona that's of the hangman tarot uh, arcana like for example take mikazushi um a guy who mikazuchi sorry a guy who sacrificed himself and was punished and lost his arms for his farm or something like that, or his domain. You see him, and then you think, oh, I've spent so much time with this uh, guy who is um, sacrificing everything for his son, and he's the hang. I identify him as the hangman in the tarot. So I can link my empathy for that character with my ability to connect with this persona, which makes this persona stronger. Yes. It's a really cool mechanic. Mm -hmm. So that's kind of what you're doing, right? And just to real quick run through it, you meet Yusuke, who's a totally fabulous artist. And in English, he's voiced by Matt Mercer, who I am here for. And you help him and you raid a palace that's an art museum, which was like cool. And then after Yusuke, you meet Best Girl, a.k.a. Makoto. Yeah. And you have to help her with a mob boss palace. Yeah. Is it the mob boss? Yes. Yeah, a crime lord. A crime lord. And oh, then, he has like pictures of your characters or something. Yeah, doing he's something blackmailing somebody. So then after that, you will go into a palace that's like an Egyptian pyramid and you meet Futaba. And it turns out she is both your new companion and, and the one who created this palace yeah. with the distorted view. She asks view. you to take her heart. Yes. She kind of is guilty over the loss of her mother, which is tied into research on the metaverse too it also turns out that futaba has been adopted by uh sojiro yeah if you're the guy who's taking care of you yes yeah. so weird that that never came up in conversation but yeah. they wanted a twist <laughs> by so. the way i have a secret dog <laughs> yes that's why you master hacker activist or whatever yeah so alibaba this, this is yeah, yeah she's alibaba. a hacker and she names herself she, alibaba yeah she started the popular online store um, <laughs> she alibaba. is jack ma turns out <laughs> So you kind of keep doing this. And this is where we touch into the idea that rumors are spreading. Everyone's like the Phantom Thieves. They have a website. The more they believe in you, the more powerful you seem to be getting because Mm -hmm. you feed on that. Right. And Mm -hmm. the more they believe in you, the deeper you can delve into society's subconscious. Which is called... What is it called? Mementos. 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 There there are specific palaces that are levels that Mm -hmm. that you access chronologically. But throughout, you can always choose to spend your time going into mementos, which is mm-hmm. just like a constant dungeon that you push, push, push as yeah. deep as you can go. It's there forever. You continue to progress through it. It's kind of like also your ability to, because the palaces go away, mechanically speaking, mementos is how you find the old enemies again, or if, if you want to level up or something. If you just want to be like, I want a dungeon crawl right now, go to mementos. Yes. So everything's going really well for the Phantom Thieves. It's very formulaic. You get a request, you find a palace, go in, steal the treasure, change their heart. And there is, it is working. You see these people repent in the real world. Like the volleyball coach owned up to his crimes. People are turning themselves in, turning over a new leaf. Right. And that, it was a big moment of tension in the story because the first time you stole a heart nobody knew if it would actually absolve you of the potential thing you're going to yeah you didn't you didn't know if your your heist would work yes if they would actually like change their personality or something and then you find out 
it's actually a little bit alarming how effective it is because Kamoshida um, confesses everything. Yes, it is. It is very effective until you meet Haru. Who oh is, yes, because this is where the palace goes wrong a little bit. She wants to change her father's heart because he's the head of a corporation. Okumura Foods. <laughs> yes. Okumura Foods, yeah. And he's somehow involved in Doesn't he gonna make a secret her... conspiracy. He is going to make her marry for, someone... yeah. I don't know, political gain. Yeah, like a princess in the old days mm-hmm. for power and uh, money. Yes. So she wants to she wants to change that. So they go in, they, they steal that treasure, and everything seems perfect just like you've done it like the other six times and then you get out of dodge you don't see, like your team doesn't see it but yeah. you as the player do a mysterious masked figure comes in and kills Haru's father in his palace yeah so Which causes him to commit suicide or something yes. or no he just dies yeah he, he just, just dies he just dies the threat is and it's been hinted at if anything happens to that person in their palace something mm-hmm. very negative would happen in the real world. Like, it would kill them. Because it is their cognition. It is their perception of themselves. Exactly. And their perception of those themselves is that they are dead. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, he, his, her father gets killed, and then you watch on live TV as he has, like, a heart attack. He dies. He, he's dead. Yeah. Well, he starts repenting and on then live TV. And then, like, black ooze and blood yep. yes. starts erupting from his face. And, uh, this makes it look like the Phantom Thieves because you've been marketing yourself yes. at this right. point. You get a one of your um, friends is like a fan. He starts a website where people can give you um, suggestions, and that becomes its own little yes. urban legend where people. And meanwhile, running tangentially to this are mysterious deaths. Yes. So a the big one that starts at the beginning is a subway, subway. driver yeah. had some sort of episode and crashed the which, subway car, yeah. which is like. I, that's that's a really big thing. That would be a, a mass scale tragedy. Like, yeah. So these sorts of things are happening. People are dying mysteriously, and it's leading to more death and damage. Right. And initially, you weren't even going to get more involved in this, um, but as you celebrate absolving yourself from Kamoshida's influence, mm-hmm. uh, you run into Pitbull again at a restaurant. And he treats Mr. you. Mr. Worldwide. Yeah. He's like, Mr. Worldwide, time to get out of my way. <laughs> and you're like, whoa, man. And you realize that guy is still an asshole and he's still out there. Well, and he is a prominent politician. Yes. Running for prime Pro- minister? Yes. Running for prime minister of Japan. Yes. So is that the, I can't remember, is that the moment where you decide, like, you need to use this to change society rather than just save yourself? Yep. Yes. Okay. Yes, it so is a definite tipping point. There's definitely a superhero theme here. Oh, um, you all have your super names. Yes. So there's kind of like three things going on concurrently, right? So in the older Persona games, you were always kids who were doing things that no one knew about. Like, they affected everyone, but no one knew you were doing these things. You are doing it all, like, in private. You're kind of like a Cthulhu investigator of some mm. kind, right? Um, but in this, this is the first game where you actively are showing the world what you're doing. Yeah, you leave these cool notes, like serial yeah. killer style, where you yeah, cut out right. like, words from newspapers. Yep. <laughs> the reason is to steal somebody's treasure, they need to be made aware of it yes. within their subconscious. So they yes. guard it they need appears. to feel threatened, and it, it helps it manifest. You, uh, you need to, essentially, you have to make someone think, this thing is important to me. You have to make them realize like they have a treasure to begin with. 
and get them thinking themselves on an almost metaphorical level. Yes. And then that manifests in their subconscious. It is super cool. So, so things aren't going as well. The police are now after the phantom thieves. They have blamed you for all of the Mm -hmm. mysterious deaths and enter. Yeah. Hardy boy, detective hero, a catchy super fly. He's kind of the by the book. Conan figure like the yeah. he's like a boy detective right right but he's a teenager. high schooler uh, becoming very prominent within the news in Japan because he is calling these things and he's a perfect foil right because yeah. it's kind of like it's a classic thing like the 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 master thief has his rival the the yes. by the book detective popular televised he is kind of an expert detective he's doing well he's done well at other cases he's mm-hmm. on the phantom thieves he's literally on your case he is the conan to your lupin the third yeah and Which he doesn't make sense there are some different shows i'm sorry <laughs> yeah i thought they were from different mangas too. <laughs> he's so good that he figures out you are the phantom thieves he oh. nails you guys He's like, uh, hi, I know you're the Phantom Thieves. And you're like, oh, uh... I mean, he's a little, he's kind of overselling himself, as we'll find out. He didn't detect that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Right. Like he, and he doesn't immediately turn you in. Uh-huh. He says, I won't turn you in if you help me out. Because I also have a persona. <laughs> yes. he Surprise. He has been there. That's kind of how he knows. He wants you to help him change the heart of Sai Najima, who is Makoto's older sister. Makoto's one of the girls in your party. Mm-hmm. And Sai is a prosecutor, prosecutor yes. for the... For Jap- Japan. For the government, yeah. For- yeah, I was like, for the state. And I'm like, that doesn't, that's not right. In for Japan. the prefecture. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. So, I, which, it works slightly differently in Japan, according to the game. How, how, is, how does it work differently? It seems like prosecutors in Japan just get their way. And I was like, wait a second. That's... Oh, okay, yeah. For Okay, so before anyone goes on about, like, will they get a fair trial or whatever, prosecutors depend a lot, and judges depend a lot on the police to do their job properly. In Japan? And or just everywhere? Anywhere. I was like, isn't that just how it works? Here's the thing. Like, people don't get arrested very often in Japan. But if you do, there's like a 99% um, conviction rate. Really? Whoa. I talked to a, um, a defense attorney, a criminal defense attorney, and she was very proud, and for good reason, of her record of two acquittals over like 10 years. Oh my like gosh. Yeah. yeah. So if you are about to go on trial, you are as good as dead. That's oh. why it's such a big deal that you need to stop the prosecutor from... Ooh. Well, yeah, yeah because the, the, the Akechi explains to you that Sai is so into this case and determined to prove herself that she's starting to be willing Maybe, to skirt yeah. the law a little bit to... Yeah, bend the rules a bit. ...accuse an innocent person just to get, like, the conviction. Right. So you agree to go in and change her heart. And she may find out she sees it as a game. Yeah, it's a casino. Yes. Which is a really horrifying way to look at the justice system. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. The uh, the house always wins. Yes. So you go into the palace, you steal her treasure, you're hoping it works, and then you are in this, like, getaway, escape, which you got a hint of at the beginning of the game. Because the whole game has been a flashback, essentially, up Mm. to this point. Yep. So Mm. you are running out of the palace, and the cops are there? In the metaverse? Yep, they like, catch you. They've, they've, you've been set up. They set a trap for you. Real live police officers. Not like figments of people's subconscious. 
somehow the police have ended up in the metaverse and you realize that you've been betrayed. Well, I don't understand how they got into the metaverse. I was a little confused by that, too. What? Maybe I just don't remember. Okay. Um, I didn't know you could just bring cars and as many people as you wanted in. So... We can revisit this if you no, want to... No, 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 no. We can get into it, but it'll be kind of spoiled. Okay, we'll revisit it. We'll revisit it. So the cops are there. You turn yourself in kind of as a sacrificial lamb to give your team time to get away. So now you are in a dark, windowless prison cell, chained to a table. Where you've been drugged. Drugged and beaten. I have a lot of concerns about oh, this right. situation. You've been in the metaverse the whole time. Like, those are metaverse cops, right? No. 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 They were real cops. cops. You are arrested in the real world. Hmm. So, you're in the real world prison cell where real world detectives and cops are beating you up and drugging you, trying to get a confession. Yep. And this is where you can lose the game? Yes. Well, no. You can can choose to end the game differently. Right. If you want to. There's a couple points throughout the game, and actually I could talk about all the fail states for each of the uh, characters, because I went on YouTube. Oh, for each, like, palace? I went on oh. YouTube and watched the... I didn't cool know you could. Scenes. Yeah, they all have a little scene where it'll show you, like, what happens because you didn't do it right. I think they give you a week to go back or something. Yeah, they send you back a week to re redo it. So, like, if you lose on Kamoshida, you and Ryuji are expelled. Um, if you lose on Makoto, she's found, uh, like, beaten and drugged in, like, a sex den. Oh, my God. And Whoa. she's muttering, uh, your character's name. And so you get accused and sentenced to jail for it. Whoa. Uh, I guess we gotta watch these. Yeah. After, like, things like that. That's dark. Right. It's, there. you're trying to prevent that from happening. Well, the one that happens at this point is you could turn your friends in. Right. Yeah. You get that option. Up until this point, this has all been you recollecting what has already happened. Because the game started in the You Vegas are retelling Sai Najima. Yeah. yeah. Who has... You're in custody at yes. the beginning of the game. And she has maybe had a change of heart? Yeah. She might have had a change of heart. And she is trying to understand where you're coming from. And you tell her everything. Almost everything. Like, they, they show... Almost everything. Almost everything. But they, they show you, like, every time you meet a new social link person, like, these are the people that are not, like, part of the main plot, but you kind of interact with them in your day-to-day life. You tell her about those, too. She asks you, like, yes. oh, yes, this is how <laughs> you were able to talk to the demons, right? Oh, yeah, because like, you met yes, this politician. Because I've been banging your sister. <laughs> yeah, that is in there. <laughs> So, Only you. Oh boy. What? Only you. Makoto is the best girl. Me, I was banging everybody. <sighs> I we'll talk about how hard it is not to bang people in this game. I found it very easy, you guys. And so I'm with Haru. Oh, I didn't even like. I did some real damage to Haru. I didn't by do accident. anything with Haru. I, I it was so late in the game, and I really wasn't interested in her as a character. You didn't get some of that. Tomorrow. Oh, I used her in I used her in our party because she's really good. Yeah, but... Haru is the only reason I beat the game. As a general yes. rule in these games, the later you get a character, the better they have to be. Yes. <laughs> because you won't use them. Yes. Otherwise. So you talk to Sai and you have a weird request. You you know that a catchy is coming, and you say, if you see a catchy, hand him my phone or like put my phone into his pocket, something like that. Mm-hmm. And she's like, that's a weird request, but she's had a change of heart. So she does it. She goes out into the hallway, runs into a catchy spy style, does the phone swap pop 
pocket drop. Presses a button saying, hey, was this your phone? Yes. And presses a button and all of a sudden the world goes, boogie for a second. And you realize that that's... Oh, you put Akechi in the metaverse. Well, that's the big reveal, right? Because Akechi goes into the prison cell and shoots you. Yes. He, so shoots he shoots you the, in the head. He shoots, he shoots the guard. You. Yeah, he, he shoots, shoots the guard, you. he shoots you, and you're dead. Or so he thinks. Yes. Because, you know, psych. Yeah, I had a revival Pancakes. Item. Yeah, I had or a no. revival item. Yeah, pancakes. <laughs> so you knew that Akechi was lying to you because he could hear Morgana the cat. So Morgana is a character you know a humanoid cat in the metaverse but just Mm -hmm. a real cat in the real world and only the the only people who can understand her or him i keep doing that i'm like Mm -hmm. so convinced that morgana was a girl Mm -hmm. the only people who can understand him when he's in the real world are people who have been to the metaverse so you run into a catchy really early on in the game and you're talking with on and Ryuji and Morgana and Morgana's like well, why don't we get pancakes for lunch and everybody's like pancakes what no no I don't think they even mentioned pancakes yeah they, they, nobody else mentions yes, pancakes Morgana just Morgana says Morgana. it off yeah and everybody's like yeah. no why don't we get something else essentially yeah and uh, Akechi comes around the corner and he's like pancakes there's a good pancake place around here paraphrasing I don't remember the exact words <laughs> yes. but everybody Took that in stride. I, I'm pretty sure. Well, doesn't everyone be like, huh? What, what, is, what are you talking about? Because I don't think they were listening to Morgan. <laughs> right. Yes. So they realized that Akechi has been lying to them. Akechi set them up. Mm-hmm. Akechi uh, caught them. Oh, God. <laughs> that was... He uh, catched them all. Yes. Yes. This really is a Pokemon game. I don't know game. why I'm enabling this. So he has set you up, but you, Switcheroo, set him up by sneaking him into the metaverse where he shot. Somehow, he shot a clue. Well, of you. his his the metaverse now ha- in his mind, the subconscious perception of reality is that you are in jail, and size palace actually created an exact representation of the entirety of that block, but only the courthouse was a casino. So because the police station was next to the courthouse, the police station was exactly the same. So when she turned on the metaverse and put Akechi into it, he believed you were still in that particular holding cell. So in his perception of the metaverse, you were there. Oh, because you had already been moved, but because Sai told him, oh yeah, he's in there. Mm -hmm. He expected you to be in there, and that's when he went in and saw what he thought he should see. Yes, okay, yes. So you are free, but you're in hiding. I will admit, that's a little cooler than it felt in the game when I watched (laughs) You are in hiding because the... Official news is that mm-hmm. you committed suicide in holding. After killing some people in there. Yes. Yeah. Like, the news is we caught the leader of the Phantom Thieves. We're not releasing his name. Mm-hmm. He killed some guards and then committed suicide. Akechi is the hero. So you're in hiding. And, well, Sai gets you out. Yes. And was like, all right. Like, Bye. you're free to go now. We'll let that you. was an odd one. So you basically get to continue the game and meet all your friends, but now you have to do it kind of incognito. You don't go to school anymore. Yeah. Right. yeah. So your day-to-day activities no longer include school. Yeah. It makes the final exam extremely difficult. Yes. You Yeah, you just go study at Starbucks yes. or something. So this is kind of where the shit hits the fan. Things accelerate 
quite quickly. So Japanese election is coming up. And you decide that you are going to change... Pitbull's mind. Pitbull, also Which, known as yes, Shido's... Shido, yeah. yeah. Yeah, his heart. So you also realize, it's been revealed, that Shido is running for prime minister. He is the guy who set you up mm-hmm. for this whole thing, made you take the fall. And that Akechi has been working for him as an assassin in the metaverse because Akechi is his son from an illicit relationship. Right, and Akechi just yeah. wants to be recognized by his father. Yeah, that was like out of nowhere. They don't really revisit it. They do that reveal. They're like, yeah, you thought we were out of reveals. Does that happen <laughs> in Shido's palace on the ship? Nope. No. Oh. It's he, in his office yeah. in the real world. So I just want to make you proud, Dad, but also I want to get my revenge and use you to obtain like the actual power that I want. Oh. Yeah, it's really weird. Cool, but weird. It could be both. A little underdeveloped, maybe? Yes, yes. So you do go to the cruise ship, which is Shido's palace. He yeah. sees all of Japan as his ocean. And it's underwater, and the only yeah. thing that is above water is Parliament. Yeah. And it's yeah. also revealed at this point that Shido and Akechi have been behind the mysterious deaths. They killed Haru's father, they triggered the, the train accident. And all the other bad things that had happened she, around Yeah, she has been using him to kill people to serve this greater purpose. Of him you know, becoming yeah. the prime minister. Right, and a lot of people are aware that he's using some sort of illicit means of obtaining mm-hmm. power, but not but everybody is aware of the uh, metaverse. Yes. Only a select few close to the chest people. Yes. So you get to this cruise ship in the metaverse. You're like, this is it. Shida's been the guy I'm chasing the whole time. This must be the last palace. There's a lot more to it than there is to most things. Oh my god. This palace <laughs> is like 10 hours long. And it has. it might have the worst writing. It's not serious. What was it you hated about this palace in particular, Chris? While we're here, while we're in it, we are in the palace. We are on the cruise ship right now. Tell me about it. Um, so you have to go and meet like five people to give you a letter of recommendation to yes. go meet Shido, and like each one is like its own like boss fight video game, and it takes forever. <laughs> yes, and I couldn't even tell you because the way you resolve these uh, little story arcs with each individual person is so it's like a saturday morning cartoon it's very arbitrary yeah it's it's there's a serious decline there i don't want to go too much into it yeah yeah so well i mean i like to save as much time in this game as possible so you could go in and make progress in any of these dungeons or palaces and what would happen would be like oh well i'm kind of tired i'm gonna leave I prefer to do the entire palace in one day. Which I think it makes it worse for that one. I might have made it worse on myself. You should have taken the Lindsay approach and spent a whole year playing it. Well, anywho, I played it all in one day. Um, Oh, but certainly means one day in-game. Yeah, in-game. Yes. And I'm playing on hard mode, and I finally get the fifth letter of recommendation in this stupid, labyrinthine... Oh, the palace. mouse thing? Oh, yeah. There's like oh, you turn into a mouse for no reason. It's adorable at first. Oh, my God. You just... I mean, this is nothing to do with the story. It's just you are, You go through what feels like several hours. It of, really ruins the pace. But anyways, in the you get your letter of recommendation. You're about to be like, all right, I'm going to use all these to enter like the floor of Congress so I can uh-huh. get to Shido. And you know what happens? A catchy happens. A catchy. And at this point, I am beaten, I am bruised, and I don't want to do this all again. I forgot to save, like, oh, no. three hours ago, 
And I'm like, I'm going to beat Akechi. I don't care. I'm just going to beat Akechi. Uh-huh. And this is when Haru became my favorite character. Because <laughs> she has a reflection yes. of magic and physical attacks. And I literally just threw, like, mana-restoring items at her while she saved my yep. entire team and let Akechi kill himself. That's how I beat the... Uh... Well, and Akechi does have... Sorry, it's how you beat the... Desert boss, also. Right. Okay. But what's important is Akechi has a very big story beat at this point, which I think you're going to talk oh, about. Oh, yeah, yeah. He has a change of heart, right? He has a change of heart in the middle of... Well, he has, like, two changes of hearts, kind of, you know, showing his dissociative identities that yeah. he's capable of maintaining two different personas at the same time. Because I, I can't remember... One of them, what his normal persona Robin was. Hood. Robin mm-hmm. Hood was his first persona when he was on your team. But after that, after you run into a catching, he's like, I'm going to kill you and rise to power and take over Japan after, like, Shido. He's like, my real persona is... It's Atreus! <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, it's Loki. <laughs> it's Loki. <laughs> it's Loki. And he's like, pew, shooting holy damage and beams from the heavens at you, blowing you up. And you're like, well, well shit. Mm-hmm. And you he find started, he starts laughing like a evil genius in a cartoon, or right? Something. Yeah. So he has a. So you have your first boss him. fight where uh-huh. he's you're fighting Robin Hood. You have your second boss fight where you're fighting Loki. And once you finally beat that second damned boss fight, it turns out like Shido's conscious is now aware that you're kind of inside of him, and yeah. so he triggers some alarms, and Akechi begins to have this change of heart where you max out his relationship in this very moment. Yeah, that's a good point to make. Not all of the relationships are positive that you have in these games. Sometimes yes. it's with someone who is like totally opposed to you. Developing relationships is a literal mechanic that you do. You level up with other people. Mm-hmm. Some of them you have to put time in during the day. Some of them develop on their own. Like Sinajima, the prosecutor, it just happens. Yeah, it right. happens. Akechi, you... it just happens. Because... Each... Oh, sorry. No, no, it's just it's so pivotal to the plot that that relationship develops. Mm-hmm. That that you can't avoid it, and of course each level you get with these social links or in this game confidants um, makes it so that when you make personas of their like personality type or their tarot type, their arcana, um, that persona starts off stronger. So you literally get stronger by making mm-hmm. uh, more meaningful relationships with people in the real world. So Akechi kind of sees the error of his ways as the guards and alarms are, are coming in and going off. Right. And he decides... Because he realizes that all of these crimes and all the things that he's been solving as a detective were things that he was causing. He was going into people's minds and being like, you're going to do this crime now, kind of like light and death note, and I'm going to get you. And he becomes this famous detective and utilizes that to rise to fame and kind of power. And, as you said, realizes the error of his ways, and it's time to atone. Yeah. So what does he do? He saves your lives. He fights off some enemies for yeah, you Yeah, he's like, something. he's like, I'll hold the line, you guys go. And then... Oh, and a wall comes up. You never see you. him again. Yeah. Akechi is gone. And some gunshots. Yes. Yeah. On the other side. And I, I guess it's implied that he, he died? I yes, think so. he is dead. Because you never see him again in the metaverse, you never see him again in the real world, no one talks about it. Yeah. Your your party does not give a shit about Akechi. I think Shido probably kind of disappears him. You know what I mean? Could be. But you go right in to 
steal Shido's treasure. Or his thing is, if you disappear in a person's subconscious, then since that's kind of a fragment of society's subconscious, you can just disappear from that's the it's entire yeah. Yeah. reality. Yeah, I think you do disappear from the real I world. I believe that it is your cognition of yourself that goes into the metaverse. But you also disappear. Like in, in real yes. life. Yeah, you are literally going in. It's so. that's its fundamental difference from like the Matrix where you are still you still have a foot in reality in the Matrix, but your physical body enters a metaphorical world yes. and persona. Yes. So you steal Shido's treasure and you're like, Yeah, beat the game. Right? That's you it. have this amazing escape from the place because uh, Shido, in an effort to prevent you from stealing his treasure, momentarily I kills think he himself. Puts himself in a coma. No, he, he literally like takes, he takes the a medicine capsule, to but he doesn't. Stop his heart. He doesn't kill himself. No, he doesn't kill himself. But it puts himself into a state where he is dead but can be revived. Yeah. And so since he is dying, his it's palace collapsing the collapses palace. around you, and uh, Ryuji saves the day. And has a very the touching track, moment. Long yeah, track dude. it's like his moment of redemption. He has been kind of your best bro. Yeah, he's been like oh, yeah. the best guy like throughout the entire game, like being having your back. And he's like, all right, there's an escape ship, like uh, a life vet, life ship. What are they called? Like, Lifeboat. Lifeboat. There we go. Run somewhere and flip a switch or something so you can escape. And he runs and okay, he redeems he has, himself for because plot. He has to be somewhere dangerous in order to allow your party to be somewhere safe. For arbitrary exactly. plot reasons, right? right? Like, so yeah. he, he he has to do it fast too. And since he's been trying to get back into running throughout the entire game, like mm-hmm. this is his moment where he comes around and he's like, "I'm going to dash," and he dashes all the way over there and lowers the lifeboat for you guys. And then the ship explodes as you all get on the lifeboat, but Ryuji's still not quite there. And you're like, "No!" I shed a tear. Whoa! I thought Ryuji was really dead. <laughs> I shed a tear. Well, it was the end of the game. Uh, well, right? I, I thought I thought I had just done the last boss, yes. and then Ryuji oh, okay. sacrificing himself, and I'm like, oh, I guess see, I guess I thought, him. oh, it's only December, so he can't. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you you thought the game was over, so you said, oh, I'm at Shido. I'm not going to play for I'm another year. I did do that. Yes. I'm I'm glad that it. It does, know, yeah. Had the effect. Yeah. It was supposed to because I'd never played another Persona game. I didn't like. Did you believe he was dead, Strong, or were you too cynical? I'm, I'm kind of cynical. I was like, they can't kill Ryuji. Oh, okay. I don't so even know if that's not. cynical. I think that's too optimistic. <laughs> no, I was like, the game's not over yet. It can't be. Yeah, because yeah, Ryuji hasn't come back yet. It was not over. Just like Akechi. I really beat Ryuji up. I still Ryuji. haven't beaten the game because Akechi isn't Akechi back yet. Come back, yes. <laughs> right, so Ryuji does come back. Yeah. You have not beat the game. Things just like, if. The shit had hit the fan before, now everything's on fire. Well, Shido, what happens is Shido comes out and says, uh, yeah, I'm the one who essentially put the hit out on all the people that died. I killed the head of Burger King. I uh, am not fit to be the uh, prime minister. Please don't vote for me. I am atoning. And he wins the election anyways. And you're like... Well, Wait, I does, guess this does make sense, and does it could he, does happen. Does he but... win the election, or do people uh, say, I'm still going to vote for him or something, because we need someone who can do that? It's that. Isn't that yeah. what it is? So the theme of mementos and the theme of the game is that people are kind of lazy. Complacent. They, yeah, they don't yeah. want... They want to be prisoners of their system. Yes. They don't want to break away from it. They don't want to self-identify. Yes. They just want to go with 
the flow. So they are like, well, I've assumed I would vote for Shido, so I'm just going to still vote so for him. Right. He seems like he could take charge. It's inertia. So when they see that the system is broken, they're still afraid of going outside of that system. Yes. They don't want to make a change because they don't know what that change would be. And they're just complacent. They don't mm-hmm. want to deal with that. So you're like, what do we do? And the answer is get to the heart of mementos, which is the, again, it's metaverse for the whole world. Yes. Right? Metaverse it's... version of the public consciousness. Yeah, it's society's palace. And then they, yes. society see, apparently society sees themselves as willing prisoners in the system, which is a little disturbing, right? Yeah. So you, you get to the heart of mementos and find the Holy Grail, which kicks you guys out of mementos. Why do you think it was the Holy Grail? I have no idea. Religious Because it has to be something the world sees itself as, right? Or I mean, like, when you drink, important to it. When you drink from the Holy Grail, you're given eternal life. So maybe the fact that you gain something really incredible by doing something as simple as drinking. Maybe it's that place where like being lazy and having mm-hmm. luxury intersects with having great personal gain. And I, I guess I was surprised to see, because in the game it's mostly a Japanese society that you're messing yeah. with, right? That, that they saw that as a holy grail. Is a holy grail not like a, a thing in... I don't want to speak on... Okay, that's behalf, fair. That's but fair. May, I thought it wasn't. Text but you me. know what? The other, the other <laughs> thing is, maybe the holy grail was how that god, which we'll find out this is a kind of god that's doing this, yes. saw itself. That could definitely be it, too. Right. Because it is a god. Oh, oh my god, you're right. It, because... Yeah, uh, it is Yal- kind of a Christian-esque god, right? Yaldabaoth, I think. Yaldabaoth? Yeah, Yaldabaoth. It does Yaldabaoth? use like, He's the god theory. of control. Okay. Yeah. And, and spoilers, in Shin Megami Tensei, in general, most expressions of order um, as a god are done through Yahweh, like a, the, the Judeo-Christian mm. god. Right. And so often, because these games are usually about changing something about the world, the last antagonist is often... Is it Yahweh? Yeah, Y-H-V-H? Yahweh, yeah. yeah. Oh, I thought say. it was Y-A-W-E-H. Well, yeah. I mean... I guess because they don't know no what vowels the vowels in Hebrew. Are. That's true. Okay. And so, it's supposed to be I am, and then it's kind of like such a great thing that it can't yes. be said. So. I see. That's why it's I am that I am. Oh. If you've ever Popeye. seen The Ten Commandments with oh. Charles and Heston. Okay. I don't know, but I have seen Popeye. <laughs> I am what I am, and it's all that I am. Right? That's a biblical... Is that about... Yeah. It's actually... (laughs) I don't don't think he says that's all that I am. Yeah, Judaism and Christianity is actually just a big plug for spinach. Yeah, that's true. (sighs) I have spinach in the fridge. Well, looks like you got got. Anyway, (laughs) the reason I bring... Well, the only reason I bring this up is because usually in this series, including Persona... Um, they usually use a lot of Christian iconography to talk about some kind of currently controlling power. So that, that might be why it's a holy grail. Because I definitely think that Christianity started in the West and moved East with, mm-hmm. and was used with like a purpose of I mean, control. And I like guess West Western of control Japan. West of Japan. Well, that's, yeah, 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 that's what I meant. So, right. <laughs> so I think maybe this God sees itself as what all of the people of society really want and so it sees itself as their treasure, which mm-hmm. it expresses through the ultimate Christian treasure, the Holy Grail. Yeah. So I'm just going to take a couple steps back. Mm-hmm. And the reason that this god is even there is because uh, Yaldabaoth, 
Um, I'm so impressed that you can just say that. I don't, it did not remember that. Extra L in there. Whatever. Yaldabaoth. Oh, it's yeah. not right? Oh, whatever. Yaldabaoth uh, and Igor, who is the guy inside your head that has been guiding you through this entire journey, supposedly hook. made a bet a while ago, like before the game even began. And the bet was, I'm going, uh, Igor said, I'm going to take a trickster that represents like hope and like change and freedom and show you that that's what society actually wants. And Yaldabaoth said, I'm going to take a trickster and make him make you sh see that society doesn't want any of that. They want to be prisoners of like society. And really, the uh, tricksters chosen were you, the main character, and Akechi. And Akechi was the champion for Yaldabaoth. And he didn't for like order the, for order control. And for control, and... right. And he didn't like the fact that he lost, so he was going to start, you know, putting his foot on the scale a bit and being like, no, 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 I, I win. Well, yeah, so you, you get yeah. kicked out of mementos by him, and the world is raining blood, and like, no one notices, and like, no yeah, one cares. It's, it's essentially like, it's showing you, like, how much can everything about reality break down before anyone thinks something's out of control, something needs yes. to be done. And as it rains, you guys are disappearing, right? Like you vanish. Your party vanishes, then you vanish, and then you wake up back in the Velvet Room, the mm -hmm. place from the beginning. And you're all prisoners now. In the well, you don't room. see you your don't party that. yet. Yeah, you just oh, see um, Justine and Carolyn and, and Igor, question mark. Yes, it literally puts the question mark after his name. Yeah, and it turns out Igor is an imposter. He's been an imposter this entire time. He's Yadaba. Right, because right. ever since Mementos expanded past where the Velvet Room existed in society's conscious, Yaldabaoth took control of the Velvet Room, mm -hmm. beat up Igor, and pretended to be him to try and guide you on the wrong path. But your own internal sense of who you are is what kept you going on the right path. Yeah. So you bust out. Yaldabaoth Igor disappears. No, you, you get out of the cage. He you, flies. You help <laughs> That's true. He flies away. You help the wardens, uh, Carolyn and Justine, realize that Yaldabaoth had actually split them up into two parts. And so that they were two, part, two people with one persona. And realizing that, they came back together and became, like, Igor's bookkeeper. Mm -hmm. So, um, But what happened to the real Igor? I forgot. He, he comes just, back. Yeah, he comes back after Yaldabaoth leaves. He's like, thanks. He's like, <laughs> Wait, where you was been, he bro? Morgana? I don't remember. So Igor had actually created Morgana. Okay. And what happened was, as he sensed mementos and the distortion that Yaldabaoth was creating encroach upon the Velvet Room, mm -hmm. he created Morgana to be a beacon of hope and a guiding light for you, his chosen trickster. Because he wouldn't guy. be around to guide you himself. But Morgana right. couldn't remember all of it. Right. Morgana couldn't remember all of it because mementos had... Distorted. Did been distorted, and she couldn't remember he. her own. I'm sorry. I see. He, yeah. Hey. <laughs> he That's couldn't true. remember what's going on. I should really know because I made a huge point that he has 
this huge crush on on he does and that doesn't like, mean he has to be no no because i purposely brought on back to my room in the game and was yes. like hey morgana <laughs> oh no that's so mean this is the kind of thing you can role play in this morgana oh. game <laughs> it's just i was a net I was, I was a jerk because i didn't like morgana uh and uh, then yeah morgana tells you when to go to bed yeah. Morgana's like, I think you've done enough today. Go oh to my bed. God. I'm like, back off, cat. I just put that together that that's Igor guiding you. Igor being like, look, you need to go to sleep because. Well, Igor can screw off, to... man. You can say fuck. <laughs> 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 like, I just, I can't with Morgana <laughs> bossing me around. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think, I think you'd days... probably be the trickster for Yaldabaoth in real life, Lindsay. Me? There's a little bit more. Yeah, I yeah. would. Morgana's I would be a catchy like, because uh, control and order, guys. Ugh. Except till the end there. But yeah, I mean, it, you know, in the end, it was pretty dark. Isn't, but... it, isn't it a little bit strange? Like, Akenshi is not a very good avatar of Yaldaboink. Maybe that's why he failed. Yeah, I guess so. Didn't have enough guidance. Shows the importance of, you know, proper... Yeah, Morgana's the one who's putting more order in your life. Morgana's yes. telling you it's your bedtime. Yes, like, maybe fuck? it's because Memento's distorted him. Well, no, maybe. I think it's actually just saying that you can have freedom and you can have, like, uh, whatever you want in the world, but, but you also, still need to abide by certain norms and societal, you like, still need a bedtime. things. You, you have to abide by a social contract or else all of those things mean nothing. Mm, that's good. Hmm. Okay. So we're right here. We're right at the end. And? You free all of your friends because it turns out they are imprisoned throughout the Velvet Room as well. Mm -hmm. You rally them. You go into the real world, which is an abstract painting. Now it's like layered with the mementos. Yes. Right. Mementos. So the metaverse and real life have collapsed onto one another. And people that are so complacent with... with <laughs> how things are cannot see that they've collapsed onto each other just like Lindsay was saying earlier that you know how far does society have to go before you're willing to acknowledge that something is amiss yeah and this all culminates in um you have this last boss fight with the Alcha Boink, oh and then <laughs> this boss you, fight you're about to lose but uh, and it's like a big biblical can we talk monster, about but how long this boss fight took for you yeah, for me. It took you quite a while. <laughs> I didn't take you guys that long because you played the game on hard. So you were like, yeah, I have broken the game. I am prepared. Yeah. I kind of cruised through the game on normal. Oh, it is a bit then, of a... Oh, I'm sorry. Okay. Like, I've, you know, everything's been pretty fine. I'm just going to fight this boss. And round one with this boss, I, was, I keep making a mistake in this game. Like, oh, this is the last boss. So I fought him and I was like, oh, cool. I'm just going to blow my resources. Oh. And then turns out there's a second boss that's harder after that boss. So my resources were gone. I was like, well, the first boss oh. was just beating the Holy Grail, and yeah. then why would the I Holy think Grail? That there's something is, after that. You don't play enough Japanese RPGs. Yeah, you haven't beaten God yet. That is the point of every uh, wait, Japanese Wait, wait till you see game. the wings. When the fat lady wings, oh that's when you know. <laughs> <laughs> that's. So you fight the yes. super god. It's the li- finally the real last boss. Did it? Did it have wings? It did have. Oh, it did have wings. that's how you know. Didn't the Holy Grail have wings? No, it had it hands. Cup. It had like society's oh. will flowing into it. And you had to sever yeah, like that. Veins. Always look for the wings. So, you're. It's not going well. Apparently, 
this is one of those where you beat the boss and then yes. the cutscene's like, but you you're not beating the boss. And I'm like, yeah. excuse me, were you there for the last hour? Yes. And then you call on the power of all your social links, all the people that you've kind of inspired. And I think we should talk about this next. You've inspired them to rebel in their own life. And so they all say, guys, something's wrong. Like, look, blood's coming from the sky. I, and these people are trying to stop it. We need to support this. We need to support this change. And so, and you draw on the rebellious spirit of everyone in the world. Or, and by that, I mean Japan. Um, and by world. that, I mean Shibuya. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and... Um, they fill you with rebellious spirit, and you use that to conjure the ultimate trickster, Satan. Yes. That <laughs> or no, Lucifer. Satanael. Satanael. Yeah. Who, as we know, oh, what a trickster. I, well, he is, though, right? Like, he gets... well, I guess Lucifer, I would think more Lucifer, right? But in, in like, the Shin Megami Tensei series, they use, like, the the Jewish Satan, it's right? The same, it's the same Satan. No, but, like... We both uh, have Genesis. No, 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 no. I mean, like, they go with Satan being, like, the prosecutor, like, oh, angel. Oh, like, pre-fall Satan. Yeah. And I then they see. use Lucifer as, like, the star character, like, the adversarial I see, Satan. I see. So, like, pre-fall. Lucifer yeah. is his pre-fall name. Satan yes. is his post-fall name, I think. I don't know about... Um, the in Jewish now. mythology, there well, is no fall. I mean... That's a Christian thing. In the, the roots of both of Satanael is... Mm-hmm. Uh, is the root of Satan for Satan is adversary, mm-hmm. and L is, is God, so he's the adversary of God. There's a fallen Jewish. Well, do you guys have Genesis? What they don't, but they don't have this. The serpent isn't Satan. Oh, it's never Satan. Well, that's a yeah. non-biblical thing anyway. Yeah. There's a lot of uh, attributions to yes, because in, in Christianity, the the whole thing about there being a fallen angel is from Revelation. Yeah, that's true. Where yeah. then it's then it's retroactively ascribed. so Shimigami Tensei uses kind of a hybrid where Satan is actually he's always like the judgment arcana. He's like okay. an angel. Lucifer is always like the John Milton type okay. Satan. Paradise Lost. Yeah, yeah, Paradise Lost angel who falls. So that's it. And then you, you summon Satanael. Satanael takes a giant magnum and yes. shoots Yaldabog yeah. right through the head. Yeah, and he's like. Whoops. Wow. Well, I guess I lose. Oh, man, I got tricked. And then society <laughs> gotcha. society starts crumbling all around you. And you're like, well, we won. And Morgana's like, it's fine. People are just reshaping how they perceive the world. And because the two are combined right now, yeah, the world will be reshaped however they want it to be. With the election. Right. That's the metaphor. They actually decide to yes. participate in this election background. Um this isn't actually that far off from reality um, in the sense that there is depressingly low voter turnout among young people in Japan. Really? Well, yeah. there's low voter turnout a lot of places. This is low voter, t- voter turnout compared to us. Scandinavia actually has a extremely high turnout, if I'm not mistaken. Mm-hmm. Some place like with 70% but, but what I mean well, is... Well, I think Australia has really high too. It's areas where you get a day off. Even Americans... Like, relative to us, mm-hmm. Japan has shockingly low wow. young people voter turnout. Turns out, participating in your democracy is an important and valuable right. Like, That's why people come to this podcast. Yes, it's for me to tell this. them to be informed and exercise their rights. Whatever. And go vote. I don't yeah. know. Tell <laughs> people to vote. That's a little political. I don't know about that. <laughs> I don't care. 
you know, do whatever. I'm taking a hard political stance by saying, go vote. I don't know. I'm just going to say, you know, just listen to more player versus plot. That's what I'm going to tell you to do. Vote with your subscribe button (laughs) in November. (laughs) (laughs) So you've beaten the game. Uh-huh. There's like a little epilogue. You find out the charges are dropped. You're exonerated for your previous crime. Morgana, who had disappeared, comes back again as a kind cat. Of. I mean, you find out that to seal the deal on Shido and for Sai to properly prosecute him, you need to testify about all of your experiences. And essentially, you have to admit that you're a phantom thief. And the Japanese prosecutors and the government won't like the fact that the Phantom Thieves were doing their job for them this entire time, so you're probably going to take a fall for a short period of time. You have to promise not to do it again. You stop being the Phantom Thieves. You all yeah. agree it's we're done doing just that. that. It's that when those societies reshaped, the metaverse was gone. left out of Yeah, yeah. Of you, you can't. Thing. That's how they always end, too. You, you yeah. give up your uh, so, metaphor powers. So that's it. You don't have to stay in Tokyo anymore. Or Shibuya. Because mm-hmm. your record's cleared, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So While like... you're in jail, your friends clear your record yes. because they realize that they don't need to work through the metaverse to change the world, that the best way to change the world is by taking action in the real world. Yeah. And that the, the connections and the people that they've met along the way are exactly who they should be reaching out to to try and finally save you, the main character, after you've taught them everything and essentially saved them from all of their Mm -hmm. respective problems. So in the end, your character, by having taught everybody the right thing, ends up saving himself by teaching what you should do. Your vigilante justice... I think this is a good message. I mean, the vigilante justice that you carry out does not shape the world. What it does is inspire people to think that they can. Right. Mm -hmm. And the most effective thing to do is... Well, yeah. I mean, that's what the game says. Yeah. (laughs) So that's it, right? You're with your friends, and then you're like, I can go home, so bye, everyone. Yeah. (laughs) Which I hated that ending. I I didn't. I was a little confused about why you'd want to go back. Yeah. You've made a lot of really strong... Now, in fairness... He is a character, if I'm thinking about this rationally, he as a character has probably had 17 years of friendship with people back home that we never see. I I mean, I was saying, like, yeah, where have my parents been this whole time? I want to go see him. Also, he's a gentleman thief. He's banged everyone. (laughs) (laughs) But we as the consumers of the story, right, if we're taking this as a narrative, are not given that context that he has anything he wants to return to. But we are given the context of the valuable relationships where he's at now. So from a narrative perspective, yeah. I don't know if it was a satisfying ending. I thought it was. I guess it kind of depends on how you play your character, because I leaned pretty hard into him being a little bit of a sociopath <laughs> and maxing all the social links and uh, and banging everyone who was not well, in my team. Well, you have described it as putting on... Masks, yes. right? And I guess, okay, so let's talk about that, right? So the whole idea of the social link system in Persona 3 was to have your character simulate the idea that your identity as a teenager is very amorphous and uses a video game character that you can make decisions for as like a metaphor for that. And so when you play through Persona 3, it's actually very hard in that game to max all the social links because, for one thing, 
it's not very intuitive, like, how to manipulate people into being your friend to, to max that out, right? Um, and for another thing, you just don't have enough time. So you'd have to be a master manipulator. You have to be a master planner in order to max everything. And if you do, Igor tells you, huh, you sure wear a lot of masks, buddy. It's a little bit weird. Uh, so I think the, the whole idea is that as you're interacting with people, you are kind of drawing on this part of yourself that can connect with them. Yeah. And the deeper your relationship with them, the more that kind of becomes part of you because you're more likely to use personas that match that uh, aspect of, of that character, like that like arcana, right? I like it. And just to get back to the end real fast, Yeah. I thought it was satisfying because it was saying that friendships and your connections that you make don't end when you leave someplace. That life moves on, but your bonds that you've created are still strong, mm -hmm. and that you can maintain them, yeah. and that it's not over no. just because you've it's, gone someplace it's else. It's not over because they remain in New Game Plus. <laughs> <laughs> so having gained all those relationship bonds would give you a benefit in New Game Plus because it's really important mechanically, right? The things that you gain from building up these things and the way like the way you have to build up these relationships is really interesting as well right the mechanics yeah. in this are it's, it's almost half the game yes it's more than half the game <laughs> you might say it's the majority of the game yeah most of the game is spent um kind of leveling up with these people in your life they're just normal people they don't really have uh, necessarily high drama at least for a video game related to them and the way you kind of spend time with them and this is like a core mechanic of this game is that you choose to use one like segment of your day to spend time with a person <clears throat> and depending on like what personas you have with you and like maybe if you bring them a gift or something like that um they might have what's called like a social link event with you and that levels them up and it leads to some kind of cutscene where you yes. have a deep conversation with them or you learn about them. Man, I played this game all wrong. I just went to the batting cages every day for nine months. Well, that's okay. That's a really interesting thing this game does that feels like real life, right? Yeah. You get a certain amount of actions per day, essentially. And it's different depending on if it's a school day or not a school day. And you can choose if you want to level up a skill that will literally translate into an ability mm. in combat or if you want to level up a relationship. And it's the same way that you would say, well, it's Friday night. Do I stay in and study for my test on Monday or get some work done yeah. over the weekend? Or do I go meet up with my friends? And yeah. if you choose friends, then maybe your work or your grades suffer. But if you choose work or grades, then maybe you miss out on social bonds. Unless mm. you go hang out with smart friends Oh, and yeah, the smart friends increase them. your intelligence. Makoto. <clears throat> yeah. Well, yeah. A lot of a lot of the social links increase your stats. I think it's because they they wanted it to be a little easier to max everyone while also finishing the game this yes. time. It's not a guarantee that you're going to get those perks from hanging out with them. So it's still a little risky. But yeah, this mm -hmm. is. I have never played another Persona game. But the concept of JRPGs tends to be intimidating, and I did not feel like mechanically this was difficult to grasp or to balance so they yeah, definitely it's made intuitive, it intuitive i think right because mm -hmm. it relates to your real life obviously yes. and i think usually for personas three and four they try to have this kind of be an exploration of like 
even if you have one foot in the occult, you still have a normal life to kind of lead this this duality with, right? So no one knows what's going on in your life. So you have this struggle that like only you know about. So like you could tell in Persona 3, your school turns into a giant uh, tower of doom called Tartarus at night. No one would believe that, right? And if you go and tell people like, man, I, I'm so tired today because I struggled real hard fighting demons and <laughs> Tartarus at the school, like, you'd be a crazy person. Yeah. Um, and so instead, you relate to people through what they're going through, and that helps you improve when you go to Tartarus. And yeah. there's a character in Persona 3 early on who says, hey, do you think it's possible to succeed in both school and Tartarus? Which is a hypothetical, or like a... What's the word I'm looking for? It's a... Uh, Philosophical? No, it's a... Uh, rhetorical? Rhetorical, gotcha. sorry. That's a rhetorical question because obviously you have to succeed at both in order to complete the game, right? Yeah. And that's kind of what it's like to be a teenager. You have to go to school. You have to have this life there. And then you have these things that you hide from everyone else and deal I, with on your own. I think that's what it's like to be human. I interpreted I mean, yes. it more as... But they use the language of teenagers. Right. And I think it's relevant for teenagers a lot of the time because mm -hmm. I know we were all teenagers at one I was point. not. I went straight from age 11 to like 21. Well, I mean, yeah, that's, I believe that. <laughs> um, but I think that a lot of times we downplay the struggles of being a teenager yeah. sometimes. Yeah. And we had a lot yeah. to do. I mean, I was on the swim team. We had early morning practice, early like late night practices as well and everything in between at school plus homework plus trying to have a normal social life. Yeah. So it's, do you think this game is is the target audience for this story teens to relate to this message or young adults into like adults to understand maybe a nostalgic aspect? So there's a fact about this game that might change your opinion on that. Okay. But I do think it goes both ways. Right. Because I think when you make fiction or you make a story, you're going to pick... Like, let's say you look at a story as, like, a collection of little pieces, right? And you're going to pick the pieces to make your story that are most conducive to that story. So if you're talking about identity and you're talking about balancing worlds against each other, you're going to pick characters who have the most trouble doing that and for whom this is, like... This insurmountable challenge. And that's a teenager. That's true. Yeah, you know? that's true. I really interpreted the juggling things kind of as you can't have it all, right? Yeah. It's the struggle we all have as we go through life of you don't get to do everything and you don't get to be good at everything. You don't get to experience everything. Everything you do has an opportunity cost. Mm -hmm. And I think that's very relatable, right? Mm-hmm. And I, I also like that the calendar system just slowly is ticking forward. Yeah. So it reminds you all the time, like, did you spend your time wisely? And because, you know, the game gives itself, like, definite deadlines and endpoints, yeah. it puts that into perspective. Whereas, you know, normal life, you're like, I'll do it next week, whatever. Like, I, I got exactly. lots of time. It, it condenses the idea that, you know, you have to pick things that are important to you. This isn't like, and I'm not saying this is an insult, this isn't like Elder Scrolls, like Oblivion or Skyrim, yeah. where you could literally do everything. Yes. By having you make choices that cannot be taken back and that um, have a very like obvious opportunity cost, that in itself is identity creating because you're choosing it, the characters you, you relate to. More. It gives it more weight. Mm -hmm. And I do think if you follow a guide, 
Like there is a way to play it perf- quote unquote perfectly. Yeah. And max everything out in one playthrough. Yes. I did not. You, I didn't you even don't max even necessarily out. need a guide for that in this one. I think they tried okay. to make it easier. Yeah, Chris did it. Did you really? Just yeah. your first you just have to use the fortune teller. Yeah, oh, use fortune teller to maximize. She helps you. I didn't. The fortune teller is one of your your characters that you can interact with. She's one of the social link yeah. characters. Yeah, she I, has the wheel of fortune tarot card. I played my. I I really put the role play in mine. Mm-hmm. I was like, well, I don't really like the fortune teller, so I'm not gonna go see her. I there was a kid at an arcade, and I was like. I don't really care about that kid, so I'm not gonna go see him. <laughs> I think him. that's what they intended. Okay, and, and that's why a lot of social links progress I, without your permission. I would hang out with Makoto even after I'd already maxed her out. <laughs> real, real quick though, the thing that I wanted to mention that might change your mind about the target audience is this game is only rated M in the U.S. Right. Oh, I forgot that it was rated M. Yeah. yeah. This but, game is for why is it rated, it's rated for everyone, or I think early teens or something in Japan. Why is it rated M? I think it's all the occult stuff. Well, it says blood, drug reference, partial nudity, sexual themes, strong language, and violence. You know, if there's a cutscene for a fail state where Makoto is like a victim of sexual assault, that that makes sense. I don't know if it was sexual assault. It was just that she is found in like a scrupulous or unscrupulous it's dark my understanding is that in japan compared to shin megami tensei this game is aimed younger and wow. that's why the music is poppier it's trendier oh, the, the characters are so very good. fashionable it's trying to appeal to the very age group that it's you know all right depicting. that makes sense that makes sense so speaking of our relationships mm-hmm. each character that you get a social link with has a symbolic tarot card and then everyone in your party has a persona that is symbolic as well. So I think yeah. the symbolism of personas and who they are and their tricksters as a reflection of themselves and how they see themselves is important. And the use of tarot is really yeah. obviously deliberate in all persona games. Yes. So okay. this one. Yeah. So do you want to dive into a yeah. couple of our favorite characters? Yeah. yeah. I, I, you know, I did not know anything about tarot cards before jumping into this game. That's a lie. I actually played a lot of Binding of Isaac, so I knew a little <laughs> oh, bit yeah. about <laughs> yeah. tarot cards. But, you know, I'd be like, oh, the sun kills all, whatever. And whatever, that's not important for Binding of Isaac. But I read up on tarot cards, and it feels like just knowing what each of these cards mean when you flip them in a, however tarot cards are used, it seems to really just write the story Based for, on the tarot card. Based off, before each of the characters, based off of the tarot card that they were assigned. Yeah, they do follow those patterns a lot. So give me give me your favorite example. You know, I, I would say I really like Shinya Oda, who is, is he the, the... politician? No, that's, uh, what was it, Yos, Yoshida. Yoshida. Is it the tower? Yeah, Shinya Oda is uh, a 10-year-old kid. At... Oh, he's the arcade kid. That's he's why the, I didn't he's know who he was. the future pro gamer. Yeah. And so... Like, this, his story is essentially, he's in an arcade known as this badass, gun-toting, gun-game shooting... Yeah, he has, like, a like a moniker, like a nickname. Oh, he is, like, he's like a minor video game celebrity, because right. everyone yes. knows him. Yes. But right. they don't know he's the kid. Yes. Right. Online, he is, like, the best or the second best player of this game. And you mm-hmm. run into him at the arcade, and you're like, hey... I would love to learn how to do that so I can shoot my guns better and or at least look like I'm shooting my yeah. guns better in the metaverse. <laughs> yeah. And you know, he starts to look up to you as an older brother figure because his life is currently tumultuous. 
Uh, like his mom is going, going through a divorce or something and is taking out her uh, divorce issues on the school and the school board and other parents, which is ostracizing himself. And so you help him like deal with his own emotions and through like the struggles of being a child of a divorce. And in the end, you know, it's just a, I never actually finished this <laughs> one. So he's not your favorite. No, I, I ran out of time. I uh, well, you, you so he's not your favorite. Time. Well, I, I really didn't end up didn't enjoying his the late. best. I didn't know until it's too late. But the Tower Tarot card uh, is because states, because of circumstances beyond your control, you have no choice. And it really is trying to say that there, through drastic social change, oppressed people find a renewed hope of better times as it topples an old order to give a fresh start and equal footing. And... It pretty much is saying exactly what he's experiencing through this divorce. He has no control over this situation. He can't really affect how his mom reacts to Which her divorce. Again, this or is a how... very relatable theme for a, a teenager or a younger player of the game, is seeing how what adults do really affects their lives in an uncontrollable way. Which right is a theme for all of the, the main party, but... It's especially true when it's your mother doing her best and like Yeah. But what happens in the middle of the story is he ends up going and becoming kind of a bully, taking people's money at the arcade because he wants to like act out and be like his mom in this situation. He wants to find power where he can and how he I think, can. Yeah, because doesn't he I think he gets beaten by someone else who's like cheating or something like that. Yeah. And I think you uh, there's two people whose hearts you have to change. I think you have to change his mom's heart. And I think you have to change the cheater's heart, too. And that's how you access the social link. I know you have to change his mom's heart, because that's mm -hmm. the last thing I did, and I didn't get to see the end of it. I think that was just chapter nine. I see. Okay. Unfortunately, I can't remember what happens when you change his mom's heart. Who was your favorite, Chris? Um, or one that you find especially interesting. I also like Tafumi. But I'll let Chris talk. <laughs> I think if I had to pick a favorite, probably Yoshida, the politician. He was the first one I maxed out. I really liked him. I mean, besides the fact that he makes you like able to scam demons or personas. Right. Well, tell me, him. tell me about the politician. So the politician is someone who was accused of corruption, and that kind of made him fall out of favor with the people, and yet he's still kind of hanging in there. He's running for election again. He did do something corrupt, correct? I think you find out he didn't. He was framed. He was, oh, yeah. okay. That's okay. like later, a later thing in his story. Right. I see. And, and you, and like, I, I guess as we talked about, like every, every social link in this game in some way involves um, someone you meet who's rebelling and there's some, at, some figure in their lives or some social construct that they're rebelling against. And that's why they're confidants with you. Right. They share some secret with you, and that secret is a way in which they don't conform. Right. right? In his case, his the fact that he's confiding in you is that people don't trust him anymore, that he is some kind of failure, and so he's been rejected by the system he believes in. And so the thing that's very inspiring about him, and I think why he's the son, is the fact that he's still going to run for election, and he's going to work within the system which I find very interesting as a foil to Sai, like the prosecutor. prosecutor. Because a lot of people, like, this is, not every prosecutor says this, but a lot of people 
look at being a prosecutor as a way to make sure that the system is enforced fairly. Yeah. So the idea is I work, I mean, a prosecutor has so much discretion, right? So the idea is I, as a prosecutor, I make sure that people who should not be in court are not in court, that I use the evidence honestly, that I wield the power of the state, you know, with integrity. Yeah. And so everyone wants to make sure that the person filling that job is a good person. And so Sai, I think, saw herself as that. That's the judgment. That's the right. Makoto sister. Um, she saw herself as that. And then as we talked about at the end of the story, she says, I think I'm going to be a defense attorney now. Yeah, she does and, switch to defense attorney. I don't yeah. think we mentioned that. She says she wants to oppose the sister from outside because I think she just got frustrated with thinking. I think she didn't trust herself anymore to wield that power because you saw what happened. Yeah, she wasn't wrong. Like, she right. made a palace, a casino. Right. Oh. And I think that the game isn't really taking a side that much there because it's showing you, like, you know, there are characters in there who are supposed to be inspiring because they trust the system and they mm -hmm. want to make it better and they want people to believe in it because that's the only way it can help anyone. And then there are people who have to recuse themselves from it. Yeah. And I like that it acknowledges that you might not be the person who wields the system properly. It might be your job to be a public defender and yeah. oppose, I mean, technically part of the system, but opposing power structures. Both extremes. Yeah. Yeah. And for both their cards, their tarot cards, Yoshida being the sun and Sai being judgment, like the judgment card in tarot uh, advises one to trust the process and open yourself up because what emerges is high quality. And it makes you free from inner conflict where you can find buried gifts and talents where, and they will come through in your lifetime once you do so. He died. Boy, and, does he give you talents. And so, <laughs> no, that, that was size. Oh, for judgment? Yeah, that was judgment. Oh, Yoshida okay. as the sun. Uh, the sun, there's actually no negative interpretations <laughs> of the sun, no matter where you place it in tarot. Mm -hmm. and That's why I maxed him out first. It's about the self, who you are, how you evaluate your personality and character. And if there were to be negatives, it would deal with the limitations of time and space. And once you strip those away, the soul is refreshed and protected from chaos. And actually, and one interesting thing about tarot cards rather than like Persona 5 yeah. is that um, the art that's on the card actually means the card will have a different reading depending on like how in-depth you I've go into it. I've been told that. Yeah, so if there's two people on the Sun card, then it portrays a resolution of tension between opposites. But if there's only one person on the card, then it's symbolic of human, the human incarnation of the divine. That's, that's really interesting. That's why I always buy them with the two people. <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> your fortune starts with your purchase. Yeah, it's just an interesting little thing that uh, Yoshida is really not really doing anything wrong. He's just trying to overcome his past. And once he admits that to you and admits his own limitations, he's essentially protected from all the chaos because he admits the wrongdoings. Yeah. I want to touch... Uh, to veer a little away from tarot, just because I didn't uh -huh. look up as much about tarot, I do want to talk about the personas for Anne and Makoto. Okay. Makoto's is <clears throat> Pope Joan, who maybe historically, but probably not, was a woman who disguised herself as a man and became the Pope. And like the... So the mythology around it, like the story is that they all realized she was a woman because she gave birth in the middle of a procession. 
Oh. <laughs> and I'm just like imagining a woman like in labor being like, no, it's fine. No one will know. I'm you, just going to get on think, this float. Do you think that has something to do with Makoto's persona being this very like, um, I mean, first of all, it's straight up like a character from like Fist of the North Star. Like one of her, her oh, like code name in the Japanese version is the is one of the nicknames for a villain from that Oh, really? Show. I don't know yeah. what Fist of the North Star is. It's like a hyper-masculine, okay. homoerotic in, action. In English, her name is, her nickname is Queen. Right. Mm. And she does wear almost like a motorcycle club, like, bodysuit with spikes on her shoulders and an yeah. iron mask. Yeah, like a Mad Max Mad, fuse. Yeah, yes. exactly. Not Mad Max. Yes. No, yes. I thought Mad yes. Max. Yeah. For, so Fist of North Star Mad is... Mad Max, it's Mad. a restaurant. Oh, Mad Max. <laughs> Delicious. So yes, Fist of North Star is basically like Mad Max. Yes. And her persona, even though it's Pope Joan... Well, she, is she calls it something else. Amat? No, that's, that's her. one of the evolved ones. That's for uh, Anne, I think. I forget what she calls it. But she exists as a motorcycle. Yeah. from Also from, like, that character. Okay. so And it's very, I think... Oh, I think her theme is being a little subversive of gender roles because she definitely takes on... She takes on a very intellectual role and she's cool. a leader. And right. she wants to grow up and be a cop like her father an officer yeah quick step back about makoto she's the class president she's super smart she's yeah. a number one student until i came around <laughs> and uh you know she's I, just very like intellectual but kind of lacks some social graces because yeah, she's been more of a bookworm she definitely yeah. takes charge and i also think so the characters if you increase your social links enough with them their persona receives an upgrade. Yeah. And hers starts out as Pope Joan, who could be seen as a tragic figure because eventually she's stricken from all the records uh-huh. because she was a woman. Not that she really existed, but... Uh-huh. And then she gets upgraded to a knot, like an Egyptian goddess. And I think there's this idea of, for Makoto, her arc is like embracing what she wants and embracing her yeah. power and not being afraid of it being non-traditional. There's some aspects of that in her social link stuff, too. Yes. She does reveal to you that she's really into, like, a lot of violence and, like, very um, maybe rougher fare than you might expect from someone, from the image she's cultivated of being, like, a very prim and proper class president. And I think it's important because it kind of shows that those two things can coexist. Exactly. She doesn't have to be, like, a punk to be into all those things. She can be clean cut. She wears her little, like, Gossip Girl headband and her plaid skirt, but then she could be, like, a total beast, right? You know, yeah. Speaking of duality, I really liked what they did with Anne in this game. I would I would hate to, like, not bring this up because it's in the main plot. <sighs> yes. But Anne is, of course, the target of a lot of, like, sexual desire that's expressed through the pedophile teacher. And through and, everyone else. And everyone Everyone else. in your party wants a piece of Anne. And... Especially I thought Morgana. Was... <laughs> I... I showed Morgana. I always thought oh Ryuji and Anne had like a spark. I I would not romance Anne because I was like, Ryuji. You were true to your friend. Go get it. Well, they had kind of that banter where, oh, they don't like each other. I'm like, mm-hmm. And they're both blonde. Okay, so obviously they yeah, have to be obviously. together. And I went to the gym with both of them once. <laughs> oh, I remember that. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, there's, like, events, I mean, for those who haven't played it, there are times where you might hang out with multiple people at once, and sometimes this leads to an awkward situation where, um, like, for example, I think Ryuji 
doesn't know you're dating your teacher. And she you can might date your teacher up. in this game. You can date your teacher in this game. That's why this game should be rated M because that's okay. Are you eighteen in this game? I have. I would guess not. So there's no one mentions college. All I'm thinking of right now is the South Park episode where the police officers are like, "Nice." There are multiple <laughs> adult women. Yeah. Three different adult women that you can romance. Shahaya, Oya, Kawakami, and oh, and the doctor. Tai Takami. Yeah. Oh, is the yeah. I, I only right romance the adults. No, that's Jihaya. Oh, I thought because she was a kid. I thought she was a teen also that no, like, I ran think she's away. she's a grown woman. She's a grown-ass woman. So there are four adult women that you can romance? I think it's because you're a gentleman thief. That's what I leaned into. I only... Because you can... Does it make it legal? Is that a defense? Can, I mean, I'm already a criminal. <laughs> Conspiracy. <laughs> so I think that... But I think that's Your Honor, in my defense, he stole my heart. <laughs> <laughs> but I think that is part of the thing because... You don't actually romance adults most of the time in the previous ones. Okay, good. That's good. It's mostly in this game. And I think it's because you are supposed to feel like you're this character who maybe he is a little bit more uh, sophisticated beyond his years. Could be. He doesn't talk much. That's sophistication. Is it? That's what it means. Smile more, talk less. You guys are so to, unsophisticated. Uh, you know, yeah, quote I'm Hamilton. Uh, I'm more of a Ryuji. Aaron Burr from Hamilton. What? I relate more to Ryuji. Yeah. <laughs> I I love Makoto. Well, anyways, to get back to on. Yeah. Well, so what's her tarot card? Her uh, tarot lovers. card is yeah is the lovers and brief synopsis of the lovers. Uh, it says. You need to integrate two potential realities or let go of one of them. And it deals often with challenges of choosing a partner or to be at a crossroads in your life because you cannot take both paths. Um, and like from a more abstract perspective, it deals with partaking in a higher ideal ideal, which often requires sacrificing a lesser option, and it often depicts Adam and Eve before the fall, which re uh, references or represents evolution over perfection. Hmm. I think, um, isn't it, I think it's a little bit interesting that she's the lovers and that meaning is in there, and she's biracial. So Anne is, I think, half Japanese, half some kind of European or American. Oh, I thought she was American. Amer American. Um, I don't, don't know really why I think about that. that yeah. Much. I think it's implied that it makes her... She's a model. Yeah. She's, ex like, exotic. It's yes. a thing that keeps her separate from the yes. other girls it does. at the beginning. Exotic is exactly right. It's in mm -hmm. there to make her different, and it kind of fetishizes this yes. concept of being biracial. Yes. And related to that, I mean, one thing I think is very interesting is there's the scene where you... Anne walks in on Kamoshida, which is the sexual predator teacher yeah, the gym teacher. at the end of his like dungeon because you know the dungeon crawling is yes. in the palace um you see him with like a a distortion made clone of her and she's kind of like wearing a she's wearing a bikini or something she looks like a pinup model yes. basically and this like enrages her and she gets really angry and she goes super saiyan and this is where she gets her persona and her persona is carmen and her her superhero suit is like Catwoman, which is of course but red, which is even I would argue yes, even more, more sexualized. Sexual, yes. So and the suit is very sexualized. It's I think it has like a zipper going all the way down the the length of the suit. Yeah. Um. It has she some has dominatrix vibes to it. Yes. 
And I think that that is such a good choice. Like I, yeah, I completely sounds agree. weird to say, like, but, but the cool. fact that it's introduced in that scene is so good to me. Um, and she talks about it a little bit after because Ryuji asks her, "What's your code name going to be?" Your right? code, what's your code name going to be? And like, I thought you didn't like people looking at you, but you're wearing this suit. And she says, no, people like judging me and fetishizing me and turning me into this pliable object is what I don't like. Being like sexual or being sex positive or something like that. I don't remember the words she said. It wasn't, certainly wasn't that. <laughs> I would love that it point. if Anne in the middle of the game was like, I think it's important to be sex positive. Yeah, like... it'd be great. <laughs> but I mean, teenagers never talk like that, right? Right. So, uh, she says it in different words, but essentially she likes the fact that she has power over her sexuality and that yeah. it belongs to her. The right. message and wasn't she was horrified that people fetishize her, so now she covers up and... The message right. isn't, well, you shouldn't dress that way. The message is, I can dress that way and I can model and it's not inviting this. Right. Exactly. And it's kind of going to the tarot card of integrating two potential realities instead of abandoning one. Yeah. It's more about saying, like, I can eat my cake and have it too in this situation because they can exist. They can yeah. coexist. Yeah. And I really, I was really disappointed in Anne as a character. With, like, her social links? Yeah. I, I thought she had a really strong start. Yeah. I love yes, that message. Yes, such a different direction. Yeah, she just kind of becomes... Well, your friend that's hot and models like whoa, for them to a lot about competition right no 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 you, you she no. you forgot that during this like her main story Kamoshida couldn't have her and went after her friend which caused her friend assuming that some sort of awful sexual thing happened between Kamoshida and her friend uh caused her friend to attempt suicide by jumping off the roof yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. She was like, "Oh my gosh, I should have been in that play, her place. I should never have turned her down. I need to cope with like, not the effects of what happened to her, but how I feel like I could have helped." Yeah, no, I think that's period. important. Yeah, I, I just, just, yeah, that is a good story. I don't know if they explored those aspects enough. I felt that Anne became more marginalized in her stories, and I, the things I remember doing after that point with Anne, I know you go with her once to visit her friend. But also, it's like, meet me at the mall. She, Come watch me her, model. Her story is, I think, about her competing with other women, which is like a thread that kind of started where they made her biracial to kind of separate her from the other girls at school. And I think they, of all the threads to go with, they picked the one to me that was the least fleshed out. Yeah. There's so many things to work with there. There is a lot biracial. of competition with other women, which yeah. is not... For how empowering the first mm -hmm. message was, then it's it goes this direction of, well, the other models say bad things about her and lie and they're catty. And I'm like, oh, so we went from being really positive and embracing things to saying, yeah, uh, women yeah, are so catty. About, um, so I, I think what I was really hoping for was that it would be about her being biracial. Because this is not a thing. I don't think there's any Korean characters in all of the, or at least the last three Persona games. Which, by the way, Korean people are like one of the biggest minorities in Japan, and they're like, wait, is she Korean? No, no, no. no. Oh. I'm saying like the fact that she's biracial made me think they were going to explore the idea of being a, a racial minority in oh, Japan. Oh, like the, the accessibility for other racial minorities. Yeah, using half white as an accessible way in for that. Oh, so it wasn't something that really stood out to me because I am not a racial minority so mm -hmm. i was like yeah you yeah. and everybody's friends we're all good 
But I can definitely see how if you live in Japan, that stands out. For some reason, I it clicked with me that Ryuji was a rebel because he dyed his hair blonde. Mm-hmm. But with Anne, who is blonde, I'm like, yeah. oh, no, she's just blonde. Especially in a game, I think this is something people talk about a lot. Um, for a game that is all about being marginalized in society and the rebellion, there aren't a ton of people who actually, there aren't like, there's no like trans people, which is like, they exist in Japan. Like that's a thing still. Well, and it's not like this game is trying, it's not like this game is like, well, we just don't want to deal with sexuality. Like this game is it very clearly about, about yes. it's not there a, is a giant wiener monster. Um, <laughs> Yeah. No, yeah. You saw monsters. Mara. Yeah, Mara. Oh, yeah. The, the, the symbol of all uh, temptation. You know, a big old dick. <laughs> right. Um, it's a big green dick riding a chariot. Yep. I do remember. I do remember that. Probably yeah. why it got its M rating like, in the U.S. I think that's exactly why. <laughs> so it's not like they don't want to touch on sensitive topics exactly. or potentially, like, and Yeah, and Ford explored gender very well. Really? I mean, I mean, people will disagree with me on that, but I, I thought it was very interesting how for, um, it had two characters who um, questioned their own gender identity and sexuality because they didn't conform to gender stereotypes or That's gender cool. roles. And it, like, with five, I'm not saying every character needs to be some kind of minority in Japan, but like, isn't it a little bit of a weird thing to leave out to not? Especially when you've brought it up. Well, right. I mean, I think maybe Yusuke could fall into that kind of, maybe at least asexual kind of oh, category. Oh, do you think he's asexual? I don't well, think he's actually attracted to anything but, like, the ideals of art. I was attracted enough to him that it was mutual. That's how it works. Right, well, for, for the people that haven't played the game, Yusuke is the art student that you meet in the second dungeon. So I will say this. Um, I do think they are still, by not really talking about people who are very obviously marginalized that much it sounds really bad but i do think they're making a point with it um i think a lot of the characters in persona 5 are super cool and like they're attractive and they make a point of making them to be like someone you would think would be a popular type right oh everyone in this game is very deliberately gorgeous yeah except maybe and they, futaba and they have there's things, one younger girl maybe not futaba but that could just be because she's like a kid who dresses in... She's in seventh grade. Is she? Yeah. Oh, God. That's, that's why... Uh, <laughs> that social link made me very uncomfortable. We'll talk about that later, maybe. Yeah, she was um, really obsessed with you when I was... I didn't like her, period, even as, like, a friend social link, mm-hmm. and she literally throws herself at you. I did like her whole thing going from, like, the Necronomicon to... Uh, was it Prometheus? Prometheus, yeah. That was a cool persona thing, mm-hmm. representing the character being like, I just seek knowledge, and to going to, I want to use knowledge as social justice or something like that. Yeah, no, that's a really cool thematic progression. Yeah, not all the personas are used that way. No. But that one is. Um, there, anyway. Also, anyway, what I was saying is that all these characters, they're made out to be very cool, very sophisticated, like... They are superheroes, right? Yeah. And um, and that's one of the things that's kind of different about this game is that like when you're by yourself in your daily life, people know who your alter ego is. They don't they don't know that you're them, but they know about your alter ego, and that's what makes this game very different. And what makes the social link and all that stuff kind of like being Clark Kent while at night you're Superman, right? Yeah. Um, well, I, and to your point, I think the idea that they're all very normal looking and attractive and so yes. popular kind of goes to show that 
anyone can feel marginalized. That's exactly what I was saying. Yeah, yeah exactly that. And I, I think that they're trying to show also that, like, in some cases, it's being in the wrong time at the wrong place. Like, the main character. <laughs> I know I said that. It's the same thing either way. <laughs> um, like, the main character getting into that altercation with the, um, with the, with Shido, with the politician. Yeah. I think that situation is supposed to make you feel like if you were there, there's a good chance you would, you might do that too. Yeah. You might. Uh, I like to think I would. And your life would be ruined because yeah. of it. Yeah. Um, and so they, they take, they take these characters who are normally superheroes who are never in the wrong time at the wrong place. They're always <laughs> doing something cool or, you know, succeeding or something. And they're saying, well, what if they were unpopular? Like, what if you went to school and you're the hottest student in school, but every time anyone looks at you, they're like, I heard he has a criminal record or something like yeah. that or like oh she's sleeping with a teacher for better grades exactly yeah exactly and all these things that would normally be seen as really cool about Anne, like uh being very worldly and like traveling around yeah. and being a model like these things end up being used against her when combined with the fact that this teacher is hurting her yeah right? anyone can be a victim but exactly it also shows that anyone can overcome that the interesting thing that I think the game does is it starts, like you said, with you saving that woman and it bites you in the butt. And at no point do you get closure on that and that anyone tells you you did the right thing. No one ever says, good on you for taking that fall to help that woman. You don't get like a secret letter from the woman who says, I'm sorry I testified against you. I appreciate you stepping in. Mm -hmm. well, I don't I think, think your friends even know what happened. Your friends right. don't even know until you actually go to trial after the game's essentially over. Right. And when you're at trial, they're like, wait, what? He, that's why he was sent to jail? Because the guy we just stole his heart, like that guy, the politician, the prime minister, he framed him? Well, we got to do something. And that's when they're like, we don't know how to not work in the metaverse. And that's when they come together and realize that they can effectuate change yeah. on a real level in the real world by using their own connections. Right. But I, so, so the point I was going with is that right and wrong isn't something that the world gets to tell you. Right and wrong is something you find for yourself. Yeah. And you have to do your best to work within the world to try and push it towards your your rights. Mm -hmm. And sometimes that's the right thing to do, and sometimes that's the wrong thing to do, and it's okay. The point is that you are seeking that truth for yourself and trying to share that truth with society. Yeah. And you're taking yeah. action to do it. You're yes. not just assuming that things are working the way they're supposed to. Yeah. Which I think is probably, the, if there was one major message of this game it is that you should be taking action right yeah. yeah you should be getting involved you should be getting out there you shouldn't be just letting anybody tell you what the yeah. way it should be is and don't Are you saying you shouldn't just be sitting in your living room playing a hundred hours of a jrpg and and you know what and the other thing is uh don't assume that the people who are taking action are always doing it right don't, yeah. don't assume that the people that you've delegated to do this thing for you, that they will always do the right thing. Yeah. So any well, final thoughts on the story? Yeah, well, kind of. At the very end of the game, you uh, you get awarded your own tarot card. Because the entire game, everybody else gets a tarot card but you, the main character. And they give you the world. And from a tarot perspective, it's often just the quote that goes along with that is, you are in a timeless state of grace where all is well. And the card 
is often in reference to protectors of karmic forces or from karmic forces and which were set loose upon the earth through our own immaturity and ignorance. So essentially by saying, getting that world tarot card, they were saying society messed up, but you helped prevent karma from damning us all. And I thought that was a pretty cool little way to like end the game. I like the progression of going from the fool like being like the protagonist who bumbles into all these problems and like is subject to the tarot deck to being like the world, like being a part of the world, right? That's kind of mm. like what being a teenager is about is leaving your home and socializing and becoming a part of the world that everyone else experiences and taking responsibility for, do, uh, for being that. Right, right. yeah. Um, I mean, there's so much more that we could... It is a dense game. Yeah, talk about... Oh, the so, tarot stuff alone. Yeah, I mean, even knowing the plot, is this game worth playing? Absolutely. Um, I, I will say, this game is a little bit long, and I would say don't try to max out all the social links. Like, don't uh, min-max the game. Like, don't... Play it organically. Yeah. yeah. It's worth it. It's, it is designed for you to be able to play it organically and mess up and do everything wrong and make it to the end. Don't stress out about it. Yeah, but if you do play it wrong, you might not get to the same end we got to. What's that? Well, there's the, a couple other endings where if you confess oh, oh. and tell the pro or side the prosecutor. Yeah, we talked about that. Yeah, yeah, but the game just ends if you tell them your name. If you tell your yes, that's the ending. Yes, friends. Yeah. but that's not that's not related to like min maxing how many social links you do. So don't yeah. worry about that. Yeah. Man, I wish we could have talked more about the tarot cards. I mean, I isn't it interesting that a game about high school is also introducing you to judging people and slotting them into <laughs> archetypes that play a part in your life? And I mean, I think that's interesting. It's super I think fun. That's it's true something that, that happens in so many popular franchises, right? Like, oh, Harry, the first thing that someone says is you're like, oh, like Harry Potter. It's like, what house would you be in? Like. Yes. Hunger Games had the different districts, right? Nobody or... was like, oh, I'm from District 1. Well, I guess. Like, I'm, I'm from the capital. I'm not repeating <laughs> yeah. in this game. Like in Parks and Rec. I'm thinking like, no. more of, uh, what's the other one that was basically Hunger Games? Divergent? Divergent, yeah. Mm -hmm. Things like that I think do well because you can look at it and say, what would I be? What would my friends be? Categorizing and... and Things like that is an important part of giving yourself an yeah. identity and understanding people around you. And I would, yes, I will say this game has a very good and like very balanced view on that because the game never tells you like what you're doing is evil by like looking at the the guy who was like ex yakuza taking care of his son and being like that guy is a hangman. That's all he'll ever be, <laughs> you know. <laughs> yes. It's the game often subverts that. Well, the interesting thing about using tarot is probably that the the heart of tarot is that it's very up to interpretation. You can look at a card and interpret it however you want. And whether it comes up upside down or right side up changes its meaning. So I think there's a lot of flexibility in being represented by a tarot card. Yes. And I and I mean, even when you look at these guides on how to read the tarot... Or it's whatever, like a horoscope. They, they acknowledge, like, all these little elements that are purely related to just you and your perception will change how you look at this. Yeah. And I think that that plays into the idea of tarot not really being a way to tell you what's happening in your life, but for you to find patterns that are happening in your life and create the story and that And to see how you, you feel about them. Yeah. Yes. Create context for what's yes. happening. So you 
I mean, I feel like everyone wants to create a narrative yeah. of right. what's happening, to see things as interlinked. But I think that most times people don't go through this necessary self-reflection to do something like that. And horoscopes, tarot cards, and I'd say mysticism in general often gives people an opportunity to reflect yeah. on... The fun and the fantasy. Like, I'm yeah. always the fool in every... I'm the protagonist, <laughs> the protagonist. of every person's tarot reading, right? Well, yeah. okay, so, so going down that path, a little bit of, like, reflection and self-identity. I know I've asked you guys a thousand times, but I'll ask you again. What would your persona be? What would my persona, persona be? Your persona, not your tarot persona card. five. Because every persona, like, they have a different theme for their... And this one is tricksters. This one is tricksters, right? yes. I would Let's stick with that. Tricksters. Okay. Well... Um, okay. Well, actually, so one of the, this, I think Sterling's um, description of himself as Buddha, so I actually think that that fits in with uh, my perception of Sterling, because the other day I sat down and thought, wonder what Lindsay and Sterling are in my tarot reading, and I thought, okay, Lindsay is like the chariot, like, she's all about action and movement forward, and like, and I'm really getting fast. stuff done, and quite <laughs> fast, I guess. <laughs> And Sterling, I think Sterling is temperance because I think Sterling is all about being centered and um, kind of enduring all of these extremes and, and wavering, but coming out with a balanced and um, elegant solution to things. So I see him as kind of like yeah, the wrong solution being to very, things. huh? So the wrong solution to things. The wrong solution to things. The solution is action. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I see Sterling as someone who is who will think before acting and will, you know, not oh my God. let the pendulum swing too much. You what? see Sterling as someone who would think before acting? Did you I watch am. him walk through that muddy puddle today? I mean, he does nonsense like that all the time. And I'm fine. Ster- I think Sterling looked at the puddle and said, this is nothing to me because I am not real. Yes. I'm the Buddha. <laughs> This mud is not real, and I am not real. Okay, so... So, Chris, what would your persona be? This is another... I feel like this is bordering on the Buddha answer. (laughs) Did you guys just all choose gods? (laughs) Yeah, like, uh, well, I would be Harry Potter in Gryffindor, and I would be the seeker on the Quidditch team. And I'd actually be the chosen one. Uh, What what kind of uh, bender would you be in the Avatar world? I'd be the Avatar. (laughs) Wait, Sterling says this as a joke, but literally... He has said that. I asked him. I'm like, oh, so what kind of, like, what tribe would you be in? And he was like, um, if the Avatar world is real, then I am the Avatar. <laughs> and I said, that's not how this question works. Well, the Avatar is still born in one of the tribes, right? Air. And Sterling would be Air, by the way. <laughs> and that's I would funny. be Fire. And Chris, you... Earth? Maybe Earth. Yeah, I can Maybe. see Earth. Water seems too, like, mellow for you. Maybe. Too, like, Giving and uh, like wow. uh, no 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 not that way no no I mean like you're just too selfish to be in the wild no, selfish lover no I don't mean <laughs> giving like that like you don't stand your ground kind of giving that oh, way uh, you yeah. stand your ground and you stand up for what you believe in like earth yeah cool. not like, like water it. which is to go with the flow which is more me no your air well, which that, district I, would you be yes. in <laughs> <laughs> District 12. All right. <laughs> now we're past that. Anyway, um, so I would, I think my persona, who I would want it to be, would be Tao Tao from Romance of the Three Kingdoms. Yes. Which I had not heard of before I met you guys. It is a story that we'll talk about a different day, but <laughs> no, 
suffice to say, Cao Cao was a Chinese warlord. Um, he grew up as a very minor figure that like was looked down upon by all his peers. Um, what they didn't know was that he was an extremely manipulative person. A trickster. <laughs> he was you will. a trickster. And I, I will he... accept Cao Cao as a trickster. Cao Cao. Cao Cao. Cao, Cao. Cao. Yeah. Careful he, there. He kind of lied and cheated and stole his way to the top. Why do you um, see yourself as this? I, I, I mean, first of all, he was, be a, worried? he was a great governor, but he he made up for his lack of station to begin with. Like, he he defeated all these, okay. like, you know, um, what's Odds. the word? Okay, establishment people <laughs> who were, you know, they were way above him when they first met him. And he kind of equalized things by being smart. Exactly. Okay. Well, yeah, and one of my favorite and he stories became the of stuff. <laughs> one of my, yeah, well... He's portrayed as the villain in all of the Three Kingdoms retellings, uh -huh. but he's the winner. Kinda. His, his, he uh, doesn't his lose. His children lose after he's That's dead. He's true. already in control. Yeah. So, I'm going to drop my actual good answer uh, on you guys. Okay. I would be, or my persona would be Shahazad. Well, oh, also Wonder Woman. <laughs> if Wonder Woman's not an option, then so it's... Who? Shahazarad? Shahazarad. Okay. The oh. protagonist from A Thousand and One Nights. Yeah, that's a good idea. Why, why do you see yourself as her? It's all your, your true self is her. Well, we know she's definitely a trickster. Yeah, that, yes, yes, she's definitely a trickster. But she kind of stands up for her kingdom and for her people, but not in like this really outrageous way. Like, yeah. she doesn't do something crazy like, I'm going to war. Yeah. She says, okay, I see how this is. She takes the time to analyze how things are working and then says, I'm going to get in there and I'm just going to talk my way out of it. I, yeah, I think she's great because, I mean, she's yeah. isn't she a prisoner and she's like telling the king like... Uh, she's his wife, she... which is like a prison. In this case, because he's going to murder her. <laughs> he does, yes. Um, yeah. She tells him stories and she leaves the cliffhanger so he has to wait till the next day. Yes. I like that she uses this punishment or whatever the situation which imprisons her and she becomes the master and turns him into the prisoner yes. with and the it's, story it's not something i think in most versions i haven't actually read the original one uh -huh. but in most versions i've been exposed to it's not something that she's forced into i don't think uh -huh. i don't think she gets just taken at random to be his new wife i think she offers herself up because she has the plan so i like it i like she has around for me we've got Shahezarad buddha and Tao Tao. And Tao, Tao. Yes. Three very <laughs> humble, two very humble choices, and one uh, stretch, I would say. Shahazarad. I could have said Athena for myself. That would have been my, like, she's not a trickster, though. Well, I think, I guess all, all the Greek gods are kind of tricksters yeah. to some extent. I don't I see myself more as Athena. Because um, <laughs> you don't love owls like I do. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's the truth. That's the defining difference. So good game. Good yeah. game, good personas, I good morals, it. good themes. I, I Another two maybe, thumbs up for me. I think maybe um, I lost a little bit of patience with it closer to the end. Like it maybe. Yes, it's long. Maybe it starts out more about like, you know, society being on the fringe of it and stuff and ends more firmly on the superhero side. Could have used, used an editor. But, but an editor. I mean, I enjoyed this game. I yeah. think it has a lot of really cool character arcs, and I think that, honestly, if you have not played a Persona game, the act of doing this very this very long-form storytelling mechanism of living day by day in the shoes of a Japanese high schooler, 
I think it's educational in some ways, and I also think that it is genuinely a very different way to experience a story and to connect with a virtual character. And I think it's worth playing even just for that. Yeah, the, the mechanics of this game really do help tell the story in a way that only Persona 5 could. Yeah, I have to say, I would not watch a 100-hour movie about a kid oh, no. in a Japanese high school. <laughs> yeah, honestly, I've never been interested in the animes for the Persona games. Slice of life. Yeah. We started the Persona 5 anime. And, and I, I was like, I've already played this. It was really boring. Like, where's the coffee? Why, why isn't he making coffee? Yeah. <laughs> right, I need more scenes of me working at the study. cafe. By the way, I have tried Japanese curry plus coffee, and it was delicious. Like, you eat curry and drink, and drink coffee. The coffee. Right. One bite of curry, one sip of coffee. It worked. I'm saying, just try For the listeners at home, uh, the place where you stay in the game happens to be a coffee and curry shop. <laughs> And uh, and all I'm saying is not as bad a combination as it sounds. It didn't sound like a bad combination. I except like I don't like coffee, so... <laughs> so the, it does. <laughs> the smell of coffee okay. sounds good. I think it would complement and pair well with the yeah. curry. So, you know, make some Japanese curry at home. Go to your local coffee shop. Bring your curry with you. Bring the curry in a, in a coffee shop like a weirdo eating your curry. Ask the people behind <laughs> the counter to use their microwave. Microwave your curry, <laughs> eat it with the coffee, just try it. Just try it. Chris recommends. <laughs> it's got the seal of approval from Chris right there. All right. Just yeah. like Persona 5. Yeah. High five. <laughs> you can't see it. <laughs> Huzzah. All right. Well, that's been another episode of Player vs. Plot. Thank you guys for yeah. joining us. We'll see you guys next time on Player vs. Plot. See you next time, plotheads. Nope. <laughs> <laughs>